Have you guys had Carl? If you guys have, if you survived Carl from Earth Crisis and Scott from Terror, and because they know not like they're true hardcore cavemen, like <laughs> this was hard enough for me. I had to have a tech. <laughs> <laughs> we did Carl in person. Okay. And uh, he really warmed us up to us about halfway through. He realized right, we yeah, knew he, we knew we we knew what we were talking we, about. We know. And then he said I was in the I was in the apocalypse bunker. I don't know. <laughs> oh good, good. Yeah, because <laughs> you he's he's who you want to be when the shit goes down, which exactly. might be soon. The Road Warrior vehicle is coming to pick me up. I'm I'm gonna see if Bo will will fit. It's, I'm then, right along the way. You're right you know, there. I'm right off the Now maybe. now let me ask you because I hadn't I didn't have time. I only got to listen like the first 10 minutes of the bands who put out um albums that were kind of like considered bad albums not by mm -hmm. you but you know like you, you by the fan bases or whatever yeah, yeah yeah did you bring up slither because i back oh, yeah. slither yeah, yeah we did that that's a prime example of like a record you're not supposed to like you know that's like oh i listen to everything before this that's a it's a prime example. example of of something that we we dove into about halfway through the episode, Bo, of a saying. All right, so I, I'm excited saying to go called, listen to the rest. Yeah, couple tracks. It's a couple tracks. The lore, the lore of of the expression "couple tracks" is uh, explained. <laughs> well, because I think if if any of those records that you guys talked about, and I, I I'll I'll go and listen to the rest of it. Were were any of them later Life of Agony records? Yeah, uh, Ugly and Soul Searching Sun. I ride for both. Oh, I was gonna say Broken Valley. Broken Valley's got a co couple, couple tracks. tracks. <laughs> See? Well, I think Broken Valley was just—it was a major label return. Yeah, and they just either could have called it something else because the they want it was Newman from Sheer Terror that signed them for that or re-signed them or whatever. So, to me, and then when they pitched it the Headbangers Ball and I got the advance, I was like. If this was just called another band, this yeah. could probably be big for what's big at this time. But because they were already connected, if you're connected to the scene that's not accepted by the radio and yeah. by the higher ups at MTV, you got to have that deal to get pushed to the front. And I'm yes. not saying it's necessarily like a 360 deal, but. You know, there's bands that were even back then they were in 360 deals that got the hardest push because right. they stand those companies stand to make the most money. Whether even now you know, there's a certain amount of money they can allocate and something has to kind of organically pop for them yeah. to be like, OK, this is where we're going to we're going to put all our eggs in this basket. And the other uh, some other stuff may suffer even on the same label. Sad. Yeah. And they can upstream things. Right. And that was. I think maybe they thought at that time, and I don't know, you guys should probably try to get Newman on the show or get Joey um, mm. from Life of Agony or get Mina on. But I think at that time, it was just the wrong style because the Headbangers was coming back. If they had come out with super hard yeah. fucking River Runs Red style or harder, it would have popped off. It would have been game over. But Big because time. it was so STP meets... Oh, Whatever the radio rock at the time. Yeah. See. Okay. I didn't realize there's, there's, there's another thing that we, we preach on here all the time is evolve. Don't change. You know, if it feels like the natural next step, maybe that's where you should go. But the river runs red, ugly jump. Even that was kind of a stark change in, in like the tone of the vocals. 
It's it's significantly less hard. They were they were changing with the times rather than changing with like what the people's expectations were. And that was a serious dollar bin. Like that was back in the dollar bin days. I could tell you many dollar bin pickups and I still got it. I still, I still picked it up, but you know, there was a lot of those records that you would go up to the counter and the kid behind the counter would be like, don't do it, bro. And it was, (laughs) wow. You know, it was, it was that type of thing. And especially in the cassette days, cause the cassettes, the dollar bin in the cassette world was a big deal where you would think that you, it was always too good to be true. You would think Mm. you were about to score. Like, oh man, I'm gonna get this Celtic Frost record in the for a dollar. And it was Cold Lake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you that, would get like yeah. the promo that looked a little different, but it was you know how they used to sell the promos. Yeah. Of course. They that they would get given for free. Um, there was a lot of those records, but that one in particular, the the one after. Uh, River Runs Red. That was I. I there was a couple tracks, but I like Soul Searching Sun. I thought that was I a mean, better Weeds record. Is an incredible song. But let's uh, let's give yeah. the proper intro that Jamie deserves here. <laughs> we can, yeah, we can go back. You can don't don't let me forget. I got to tell you about when No Warning came up to MTV. Absolutely. Because I oh. I heard that part. I listened to that part where you guys were talking about that record. We're gonna get to that that part of your life. I'm gonna go. We're gonna do a chronological journey here. <laughs> I'm excited. Hello, welcome. It's hard lore time. Bo, how are you? I'm do you miss me yet? I do miss you. <laughs> okay, good. I saw well, you. I'll like see you in two days. But more importantly, more most importantly, most perhaps. Importantly. Uh, we have an unbelievable guest today. Um, the godfather of spin kick anthems. <laughs> the podfather of oh. extreme music podcasting. Wow. A man who paved the way for hard lore in so many ways. Wow. Musically. Personally, other Lees, <laughs> Jamie Josta, welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. Two <sighs> two very high praise coming from two very accomplished wow individuals. I'm gonna tell my mom you said I'm accomplished. <laughs> mom, <laughs> yeah, she's gonna love it. Um, I this was so easy to put notes together for because yeah. these are just I just have so many things that I want to know. I, I full disclosure was watching just random hate breed sets on YouTube last night and was just like, I wonder where this. And then it was like, well, I really oh, I could just notes. ask him. Yeah, that. yeah I can, <laughs> I'll just ask him. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to take this journey chronologically with you, Jamie. I want to find out how James Shanahan became Jamie <laughs> Joss as a, a boy from Connecticut. You know, are you 860 or the or the other one? I'm 203. 203. See? We got both. We're, we're, we're pure Connecticut representation happening here. <laughs> two sides of the same There's point. just two, right? They never came up with I like think, a third for like New Londoners. <laughs> yeah, that, that I know of. No, it's just the two. Um, 1995. Yeah. Eight breed demo cassette. Not one truth. <laughs> Severed Puritan. Is that like th- those th- th- those three songs being the identity of a band right out of the gate? Um, I can't even I can't imagine, frankly. And then are you those, I like the demo better guy? Fuck no. Fuck that. I hate <laughs> I hate that. 
But Dave's snare sound was was good on the demo. Like that, he he had kind of like a little Saint Anger going before Saint Anger, <laughs> and that Jamie, demo did make it to high places. I mean, it had to have considering what happened. But right. but I'm a I'm a I'm a Jamie Muckenhopped, uh diehard. As diehard as they come, I am. He's say. he's he's my Mount Rushmore, straight up. It's like it's Mick. I've said this before many times. Jamie Muckenhopped, Mickey D. Uh, Danny Schuler, who was my fourth one? Sal Abruzzato. Oh, Deluxe. So, forget so, yeah. about it. Yeah, he's up there. D-Lux. That's my. Those are my. That's who made me. Well, you know, Muckenhopped. He really with that cheater beat, or as some would call it. I call mm-hmm. it like the thrash beat, but people will call it the DB. We just call it the cheater beat. There's a lot of different terms for it, but it's not like the Lukey Luke beat. Mm-mm. Because the Lukey Luke and Lukey Luke played for Hatebreed for us for like half a minute. Wow. And that was our claim to fame at first. We were like, we got the dude from Youth Today, Judge. Because <laughs> he came out, he came on in, in Texas, but he was like, yo, I'm listening. He would listen to the tracks and he'd be like, yo, I'm listening. And this is like, it's different on this demo than it is this. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, it's it's a different beat, right? It's like, uh, I don't know what you guys or the fans of your show call it. I like to just call it the D beat, but there's a lot of different, or the like where it's staggered. What's the hat, the hi hat follows the foot rather than just constant. Yeah. That's the D. Whereas that's the muck and hop kind of like popularized the other way. Yeah. 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 Got it. So well, he was he playing gets, pretty he fast. Should get, he he, sh- he, sh- he should get more credit than he does. Just the reach of that album alone, I think. Yeah. But but Deluxe definitely and, and Lombardo too. But they could they would go back and forth from yeah. like the rolling kicks or mm-hmm. what, what what do you call that? Like when it goes to the halftime or Just the double, double kick. time? Yeah, double yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Those I mean that's that DNA is in everything now. Mm-hmm. Those those three guys, um, especially of the. Of my ilk, you know, spin kicking music, <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally crafted by those three drummers. But um, what? But Dave, what, Dave laid it down for the for the demo. You know, shout out to Dave Russo. I mean that that style and that we we were you know we were trying to get that tone more of like entombed and bolt thrower, but also. Mm-hmm. Uh, we liked, you know, Integrity and Madball and and Marauder and oh, All Out we, War. We like All Out War there. always had a good drum tone. Um, it's so funny that those those are your contemporaries, and they're and the, you're saying that the, the, on the on the cover album, most of those bands are on there. They're, they're your your influences are your contemporaries. So that mm. that's a pretty special thing. Well, also the 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 cover album has bands like Sheer Terror and uh, and Sub Zero, who also had that kind of four on the floor and had some of the breakdown style beats sheer terror especially had that db but with because uh blake who was originally in sheer terror he had that big celtic frost influence and and if you listen and if you listen to those um drums i mean you know he's up there as well um why is his name escaping me right now he's fucking unbelievable yeah um i want to say martin but I'm I'm fucking it up. Isn't Martin the guitar player? No, yeah, Martin he's, he's the other guy. Yeah, that's the homie. Um, that's the other homie. Oh, the homie. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, is why I need my, this is why I need my producer, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to this, Brian. So the guy who's not Martin <laughs> Eric Hane or Tom G. Warrior. That guy is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I mean, what do you he's remember? really like he's really like the drummer that was, you know, putting it down that sure. style. Cause discharge, think about Venom, Discharge. Cause discharge is like the 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 D beat. That is D-B. the D beat. Yeah, that's OGs, D-B. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The OG uh who See, what what we, was the decision to basically put the same were were you gonna release the the demo as a seven inch but then just took away a Reed song? Reed St. Mark. I'm so sorry, Reed. Reed St. Mark. I forget. Yeah. Legend. Reed St. Mark. Those, those same songs. Is that the same recording on the neglect split? Yes. So you instead of being putting out a demo, uh, just re-releasing the demo on a seven inch, you said no fuck that. I'm gonna put on for some some Long Island shit. I'm gonna self-release this split with neglect. Well, yeah, and also we re- we love neglect. Like Dave yeah. and I, shout out to Dave once again. We would listen to the like neglect was ignorant before it was just commonplace to be ignorant, mm. and just you know, sang the they they just had a different. I don't know how they. They put a lot of the same influences probably together, but they just had a different delivery and it was very unique. I'm, I'm, it's nice to see that they're getting some um, some resurgence with fans and and people find their stuff because they're another one that it could it, it probably would have popped off like a life of agony or a biohazard had they gotten you know signed to a roadrunner. Um, I think the that label, I forget the name of that label, but I I, I think they kind of did them a disservice. Mm. Um, what was it? We Bite or for whatever. Bite. Was that it? I think so. But it now didn't you have got, the distribution, you got the didn't yeah, have the right. videos to get on Headbangers Ball. Yeah, yeah. Great production. Very unique. Very unique. Yeah. But listen to that Sub-Zero demo where they went kind of industrial. You could hear mm-hmm. that snare sound. You can hear that. Cause I liked that demo and that was when people were like, Oh, they're jumping on, you know, the ministry thing or whatever. But the, every, there was a lot of bands that were, you know, incorporating samples and having different styles of snares and kicks and, and just harder, like more just in your face and crunch on the guitar tones, which that people would, because we didn't have terms at the time, they would go, Oh, it's kind of more industrial, but really just cause you put in samples, it's more industrial. A lot of bands right. had samples it just wasn't yeah. during the song. It was, it was like before Between as an intro before, or something. Yeah. Interesting. What do was you he- remember about doing the demo about recording the demo? Cause like, even for my own bands, when I think about doing demos, they're like so brief and like, nothing <laughs> like very winging it very just like oh yeah that sounds good like does anything come to mind when you think back about the first those first three songs and like tracking them putting them together just it was just throw and go just mm-hmm. very quick wow. um larry had a i mean just even back then knowing somebody with an amp was like a big deal <laughs> like because my previous band just the 14 two of the kids um had good amps and that was like that's your that's in. key wow. like you gotta have gear because we right. would a lot of times we just show up and borrow people's gear because yeah. if you had gear to rehearse like we would rehearse in in bridgeport in dave's basement and um his mom was nice enough to let us do that she would be watching like howard stern on the e-channel upstairs yeah. we would go down rehearse 
And the neighbors must have just fucking thought we were like Satan worshipers and stuff. But before we would rehearse, we would listen to records to get inspired, listen to shit in Dave's room and try to like, because there's always a lane that's open in, in, in certain eras. And we knew like everybody knew the lane was wide open Mm -hmm. for the crossover to come back because the shows had become very, um, not well attended for certain bands and certain styles of bands, but there was a new scene coming up. So we knew we had to get the demo out. We wanted to play a show even before the demo was out. It was like that. Like it was the changing of the guard was happening where the revelation stuff was um, kind of going below the wayside. Not that, not that there was anything wrong with that stuff. Cause I liked a lot of that stuff, but it, those bands were like, okay, what are we going to do? Yeah, we gotta like make a career out of this, yeah. or call it a day. So they started signing to majors and making the jump, and everybody started going jumping ship. Like I don't like this. Yeah, like I you know Civ and Burn Shutter. became Orange Shine Millimeter, and yeah, yeah. And there's always only ever gonna be one or two that are gonna really pop off, and I had been told that by multiple people with my previous band because I had gone to New York City and tried to shop my previous band. And, and and played um like we played at the space at chase a couple of days after uh Gigi Allen and I was like you know in my shorts like wanting to go on stage barefoot like Rollins uh-huh. and <laughs> and the guy was like put your fucking shoes on are you crazy do you know who was just here and like because I was so young I didn't know I was like Ooh, and they're like, Gigi Owls, here's shit, blood, there's people with AIDS. And you oh, and we're like, oh, really? Shit. Oh, no. Okay. So I put my shoes back on, did the show. <laughs> but I but I had called so many of those labels and called so many of the even the indie labels. I had bothered so many people. So I knew that in order to um shop a demo, <laughs> you had to have a good recording, you have to have a good yeah. guitar head, you have to have a good uh you have to have a good drum mix because at that time, also when I had put out the Josta 14 demo, we pretended like we were a label. So we put like oh. the logo and I went and got a PO box. So I started getting sent demos Whoa. and I knew, and I was getting hundreds of demos in the mail, like in the snail mail. So I knew what was commercially just garbage compared to um, what was uh, like, like at the time, I would use quickness, bad brains quickness. I would use as like, it's got to be as close to this or body count or even like somebody like quickness um, was the measuring stick to like how to how to pop off. Well, no, just sound wise. Oh, oh, Mackie so like drums, yeah, 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 big yeah. thick guitars. Yeah, yeah, because I knew we weren't going to be able to afford. I mean, we used other records too. Like obviously. Um, the guy there in, in Rhode Island, um, who did the Chromags and did uh Leeway, um, Jamie Locke was it? No, even before him, um, there was a guy before him. I can his, his name's right on the tip of my tongue. People are yelling at their screen right now. Keep talking. Um, there's uh, but those were really good, mm. right? And so when stuff would come out people would go there to record and stuff would come out. I would go, Oh wow. This might even like, this might even top quickness. Quickness. (laughs) Chris Williamson. 
Chris Williamson, um, Tom Soares, Jamie Locke. There was a lot of like recordings that would raise the bar sort of each time. And I knew we didn't have the budget for that, but with the demo, we just, I just wanted it to be like, even that was the main thing. Like, let's just have it even where everything like the, the snare pops, the guitar pops, you got the little samples, the wind and shit, but it just sounded pro enough for having zero budget. So even so you, at the conception of the like of the de- of the Hapri demo, you were planning how to make the biggest impact you could. Oh, it was always like horse before the cart. Like it wow. was never like it was always like some and and even I, I think when we did the joke song, because there was a joke song out. And um, like uh, Level at the time, shout out to Scott. Um, Level had a demo, and and Josta fourteen had gone to this guy Real Sound. Shout out to Dan. They, he had a four track, and then he had I forget what the other thing was called, but it was like <laughs> you you would bounce down from the four track. It was it was this was all pre. This yeah. was. It, it was a tape machine. I forget what it was called. I, I want to say ADATS. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. But even prior to ADATS, there was something else that we did at this other studio in Connecticut. But th- that guy, Dan, and then um, there was a band that we would play with. I'm trying to think where they did their demo, and their demo sounded really good. It was. Um, <laughs> it's so fascinating to hear this to just be like, yo. Cause we we're, had a we, show we, booked, so it was like you gotta have demos to sell oh, at the show. You had to get it out. So that was your motivation to recording music was just having something for the gig. Because it, I, it's hard <laughs> to describe. There was this like I guess back then you could call it a collective consciousness, but you knew shit was about to pop off sure. because so it was a changing of the guard, and yeah. you would go to shows with these legendary bands. I used to go to every show. So I would go to like Overkill and Prong and I would see, I would be like, oh, these guys, like this audience is totally different from the audience that was at fucking into another, like it's a completely different crowd. But you would see a couple of the- The Across the- Yes. And you would go, oh, this is a person. Like this is a dude, like, or this is a chick. So you go to see Mighty Boss Tones and you would go, wait, okay. (laughs) They- there's moshing. Yeah. There's yeah. stage diving, but it's different. And there, then there's girls at that show. So you give your flyer to those girls at that sure. show and you holler and they, you say, Hey, come to this show. Now they come to your show and they're like, Oh man, we're the only two girls here. It's a little scary. Sure. But mm-hmm. you we're you're building something out. Wow. The analytics that you're describing right now are all, all this is all evidence to why Hatebreed is is the biggest statistically the biggest hardcore band of all time. I, my band still doesn't think about shit like yeah, that. Yeah, I would never. You know what was a big what was a big eye opener for us was and and rest in peace this guy Mark Shitty. I, I don't know if you ever heard stories about Mark Shitty, but he, Mark Shitty. Yeah, <laughs> rest Shitty. in peace, Mark R. Shitty. R. Mark Martin. Um, he, I used to take the Q bus to the record store, and then in New Haven, you, and I would take the bus to and from school you take the city bus like everywhere mm-hmm. and so i was going into a record store and he was coming out and i forget what shirt i was wearing i think it was super touch and i remembered 
he was like, dude, nice shirt, whatever. And he had just bought Urban Discipline mm. on tape. And he was like, wait till you hear this. I had a couple of the songs from the, the Maze record mm -hmm. from a friend of mine at school who gave, who made me a mixtape. And I had like Sepultura, Benediction, Napalm, mm -hmm. Biohazard, uh, Carnivore, some of the typo stuff. I think it was at, back then it was probably like the stuff slow that made it onto sl slow, deep and hard. Yeah. Um, but um, he had said, right on, dude. You know, I said, oh, I want to get that. I want to get that tape. I didn't have enough. I ended up getting, um, I ended up getting Earth AD. And I listened to, and Earth AD actually was in the dollar bin. I remember the kids <sighs> saying, oh, they're trying to go metal. They're trying to go thrash or whatever. Because depending on who you would talk to, there was always like the gatekeeper thing. Yeah, where this yeah. was big back then. Like yeah. the punkers didn't want quickness. They didn't want Earth AD. But I was right. all about that action. Yeah. This is I'm the like, this is the, everything we were saying last week on the bad albums one is that like people now don't understand this divide that there was upon the release of every single one of these things of like this this band's entire fan base basically being like nope fuck this and fuck everything they've ever done because it's not exactly <laughs> the same. Yeah, and I thought wow this guy's really this is cool that he likes the second Biohazard because even then there was people like no this it'll never touch the self-titled or the maze record or whatever you call it but so then he goes oh we're going to a show you know and i was like all right right on i'll i'll see you there and it was fugazi mm. and we started moshing me him and some other people we didn't know we thought yeah. oh it's members of minor threat we don't fucking know they stopped the show they kick us out wow yeah and I thought, this is it. Like, this is, there's a whole, like, for every one of these people, there's, like, thousands of people that need this release. Like, I was like, how could the guy from Minor Threat be too cool for this? And they were just evolving as people. They just, mm -hmm, they sure. saw all the violence already with Minor Threat ruining the shows. And, the, mm -hmm. and that was happening at that time at, even like biohazard shows and yeah. agnostic front shows, like the, the violence had really put a damper in things. But I would hear we, from older, older Connecticut guys. They'd be like, yo, I didn't even really like biohazard. I just loved moshing. <laughs> and it was like so violent that I just had to be a part of it. Oh, it was, it was sanctioned violence. It was crazy. <laughs> they, they played down the street from my house with typo negative and exploited i rode my bike there and literally walking up like people are coming out like bloody fucking shoes off like it was there was so many fights it was crazy but that was an important thing it was a it was a a positive release even though that the bands like fugazi and their fans looked at it as very bad it was yeah. way better than these kids what they could have been doing they could have been crawling Absolutely. through your window they, they yeah. could have been too but they were at the show moshing and and having this um uh release so that was always like in my mind like okay yeah this is if if these people hate it this means other people are going to love this Ooh. right yeah there's there's a such a thing as positive aggression and and there are ways that people can let it out whether it's like lifting weights or doing fucking you know muay thai or jujitsu or whatever and sometimes it's spin kicking oh and preach, stage diving, preach. You know? yeah 
Yeah. When, well, how far? It, it always gets taken too far too. Mm. There's all, so you're going to go to extremes. It's like a healthy balance of it. Mm-hmm. We just had a collective consciousness where you knew this is not welcome here, but that's good. This is fuel for the fire. We can do right. it somewhere else and we don't need them and they don't need us. And it's fine. It's that's how you that's felt how, at the time. Yeah. And that, and also that's kind of the thinking behind your last episode with, you know, people wanting to make the jump. I never fault the people for trying to make the jump and, and create a new collective consciousness, but you're really rolling the dice when you don't serve the base that you have. Some people don't know they're making a jump with these, right. with these records though. Right. They know? do. They <laughs> say like they the don't. Next- <laughs> they say they don't, but they do. And, 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 and before I forget, I wanted to bring that up. Cause when you guys were talking about that, no warning record, yeah, I was like deep into, I don't know how far into the conspiratainment stuff you went with, um, with Carl, because he was he was really deep in it then, but I was going deep into it at that time and having signed to a major label and um become I had become a Viacom employee. Yeah, right. Uh, right. I knew at some point it wasn't me, but I knew at some point <laughs> the shit was gonna be co-opted. Mm. I was just trying to have a plan B or a plan. C, which you never want. I don't sure. I don't recommend that to anybody. You never want that. You want to be all in, especially if yeah. you're 17 or whatever, 15 to I would even say like 29. Yeah. Just be all in. But when they came up to MTV with Mike Shinoda, mm. I was like, oof, this is just career suicide. Wow. But when I heard the record. I was like, Ooh, it's actually good. It's still hard. Mm -hmm. So, and I would joke, I would joke with Zeus. I would say, Hey, if we, we could like, we could mix this. We could just edit this down to like, instead of being two and a half minutes or three minute songs, we could make these like one minute bangers and (laughs) hardcore kids would eat this shit up. The second you hit the some 41 type of course or the Lincoln park note hitting, you've lost everybody from your base because they're just not ready for it. I think and that's how even No Warning looks at it yeah. as a band now. Yeah, but not true because I was. No, but I thought. Tell rocks. me why I was right. But it's what a it, hook. like it? It was so weird. It was so weird to see and hear about this stuff in the industry. Like, oh, we're gonna do the hatebreed thing. We're gonna sign to a major label, and we're gonna pop off. And I'd be like, but you're changing your sound. How yeah, is that gonna not work? The thing. Yeah, no, yeah. that's not how it works. And so with that scenario, I thought, okay, if this shit is really being co-opted, how are they going to, like, how are they going to make this palatable, but still have the base room for the OGs? Yeah. I mean, and, and time showed Mm. that it did. A lot of bands couldn't do it. Poison the well, there was a lot. Most, you know who did it? Hatebreed. <laughs> that, I would I would say Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Thursday. They they I say AFI. Definitely. Yes. The the one, you know, they they because they were like legit. I mean, we we they're they're ones that we pulled up to the show and borrowed the gear and they let us. <laughs> they they were like, wait, what? And then they did, and we we're like at a Christian coffee house. Yo, let us play 20 minutes. We 
you know, our show got canceled. Shout out to Tony No Clubs. He booked the show. I think it was at Tampa or uh, Ybor City. But so AFI, they were another one, even though it was a different scene, they were still in tune with the collective consciousness of their base. So they knew for every, you know, 10 or 20 people that might jump ship, you're going to grab however many more because you now you have the reach because you can get your record into the stores. We just saw them play to 10,000 people people, on that record two days ago. And it was fucking Oh, no way. Yeah, Yeah, we were were there. insane. And the and the pop is for that record only, right? Only like that's the pop off. Yeah, that was all they played, and that was all people were there for. Trust me. Yeah, you should do a mix. You should take that song. I, we were what's the one we were? We would go. Yours is scratch the surface. Ours is scratch the skin, or whatever. <laughs> you should take that song and just edit the singing parts out and put it out on your podcast. People are like, this is the greatest shit ever. Of, of scratch I'll, the skin, of, of is that, that the, that's yeah off that's, of the uh, that's the no warning song. That I'll do it for the whole album. It goes coming soon so on on Hardlore Records. Coming soon. <laughs> uh, no, you, the- you should do that because that's a lane that's so fucking wide open right now with with all these hip hop artists like giving away their their libraries mm-hmm. and giving away their sounds and now like even with like Jay from Slipknot, you could get his whole kit on Mixwave. Yeah. Oh, I've you been can, using it. He's got it. It's dope. <laughs> we got it's it. dope. Yeah. So like, and I'm going to do a bunch of demos with that for my Patreon, but I was thinking that should be a whole niche. That should be a whole side lane. Like give me like code orange. Call me. I'll do like <laughs> the Josta, like no fucking, no, um, no gimmicks, uh, no, gl- no glitching, no, yeah. um, electronica. Just fucking Gibson, Marshall, reamp, and put it out because you're that's a whole lane that wants that. They're and they're for sure listening to this right now, and I know they're going, fuck's sake. Fucking brother. burying us, dude. Burying me, brother. <laughs> Why? We're that's a no, compliment. I know. We I've had this conversation with them many times. And that and that's a, like that's one of those records that somebody brought up. Because mm-hmm. I think the glitching and stuff was on the wall, but there's a there's a conversation to be had of like the glitch might be interrupting a spin kick, you know? That <laughs> a foot might be mid-air when that when that glitch hits. Yeah. It's it's also, a it's a danceable moment. You don't want to you, you don't ever want to remove that. Also, because your ears are evolved doesn't mean the people that got you to the dance it doesn't mean their ears Amen. are evolved too. And I used to have this same conversation about slither, about quickness, mm. about earth AD in time. Some of these records that people are, are shitting on will be yeah. viewed as classics Always. as the That's best record in the catalog Dude, or whatever. Mags Alpha Omega. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, I, I covered, wait, I don't know if I ever did the vocals for it, but uh, see the signs. <laughs> I used to tell Zeus, I would go, yo, take out the cheesy scratching. And this is not a disrespect. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a fucking opinion. Like yeah, yeah. The egos also get in the way. Like People come to me and they go, oh, I don't like this hate breed record. I don't care because I have my ego in check. Like mm-hmm. I'm just happy I was able to get to that many amount of records. Still going. Fuck yeah. Right. So like that was never a case. There was no happy mm. ending. There was yeah, very uh, few. Aside from the record scratching, that song is 
undeniable. Oh, the it's bananas hard. The lyrics could be written today. Agreed. I mean, the whole album is lyrics could be written today. Like, if you look at what's happening now in the fucking East Palestine, Ohio, and all the shit, literally, that song about the the Skid Row in LA and about it's literally could be happening today. Yeah. The records are the signs of a corrupt nation. Let's Um, talk about it. What near death experience? (laughs) No. No, bueno, brother. (laughs) First song, awesome. First song is a save why, why don't save you go to these bands? Like, why don't you do a whole... Because you could license it from the labels. And... <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, I'm serious. I, I, the, I believe like you. I was I saying earlier, the producer at cover one comps, point... you're saying? Well, the producer at one point was a star. Yeah. The producer was a star. Like, if you... Like, Ross Robinson, mm-hmm. he put out shit, and these kids... With the big pants and the mesh and the the guy liner, they were buying that. With the spiky hair, they were buying whatever was on there. Ross touched, yeah. Near yes. death experience and, was Century Media. Uh-huh. All music gave it one and a half stars. Pretty well. Rough. I had Ross on my show, and I was talking about why we didn't go with him to record Perseverance. And people looked at me like I was fucking crazy. Are you fucking crazy? You have a chance. Ross Robbins, even, he's even taking your call. He called on my old landline. Wow. I have my Greek landlord, like, breathing down my neck. Anybody who's ever had a Greek landlord, they know the Greeks don't fuck around. <laughs> Our old drummer was Greek. Like, I knew a lot of Greeks. Like, he wouldn't, I had a baby on the way. He wouldn't even fix the railing. Mm. Like, my girl's out there. Like, we're com- my daughter was born in January. We're coming home. Trying to go up the fucking concrete steps to the apartment. There's no fucking railing. It just snowed. Yeah. Like, this is the type of scumbag shit we had to deal with. <laughs> but I knew that this record was so important that if we put Ross Robinson's name on it, now I'm no warning. Now I'm yeah. now I'm right. You you have to know wow. your base. Well, I mean, I w- I want to I want to work our way there, but before I do, perseverance. Quite possibly the great, not even just hardcore, one of the greatest follow-ups in the history of music. Crazy. You're, you're too kind. No, no, this is, this is objective, brother. This is not, this isn't even, I'm, I, it does come from a place of kindness and love, but <laughs> I don't know a single person that would be like, you're wrong, you know? And then even crazier what comes after. <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, let's know, go back. Let's go back to Under the Knife real quick. But was it before or after Under the Knife when it felt like a turning point of like, okay, we got something? I think I think the the plans our, our, our formula of panning, handing out the flyers to the two girls at the Into Another show might be working. It was kind of during because the the snail mail started to rack up. The mail from Europe, Japan, Australia, the tape trading too was was key because you're. That was like the original sort of internet. When I talk, mm. when I talk about the collective consciousness, you knew that your feeling that you got from that demo tape, you knew that there was somebody on that same wavelength that when they got it in the mail, they were going to put it in the tape deck and they were hopefully going to get that same feeling. Mm. Um, Just and, that like, uh, hey, these guys like what I like, clearly. And they're on the other yeah. side of the world. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I, you guys were nice enough to let me go off on a what I call is a Tommy tangent. Like that's a character on my my Patreon. 
So Patreon.com slash slash Josta. I, slash, it's a, slash Josta. I went on a full Tommy tangent, but I was going to say was I was going to shout out Higher Force because their demo. <sighs> it was great. I was just talking to Sean about this. Shout out to Sean Martin. I, I forget where I was talking the biggest. about it. He was our him. first guest. First guest. Nice. Yeah. But I was My saying beloved. that quality of that demo. And then also they had the real cassette where the cassette was like a color and then it was printed on the cassette. I didn't even know that. Oh. I thought that was only available to like major label right. people. So when I saw that, and I forget who they recorded it with, because I'd really like to give that person a shout out. But um, that I was telling Sean, that was such a step up from his previous band, Evolve, mm -hmm. who it, when I was in my old band, I would always try to hit those guys up, talk to those guys at the shows. But that was they were like the gatekeeper mm. guys. You know, it was like, oh, leave me alone. Who's this 13-year-old kid? Mm. You know, <laughs> don't bother me with your band. So I knew early on nobody's doing you any favors. You got to book yeah. your own show. You got to be the guy. Yeah, absolutely. You have book to stand your out own in show. some way. Yeah, because no one's no one's going to put you on their show. They already yeah. got five other bands they're friends with that want to get on the show. Right. Um, hmm. And there was a VFW hall that actually was run by a Greek dude. Shout out. <laughs> and Shout out Greece. <laughs> Greece was... No, because the... Like anybody's ever been to a diner after a hardcore show or a oh. punk rock show. Oh. It's like, you know the deal. The Greeks, yeah. they're making it happen. You they're <laughs> coming in. If they get if they don't come in, they send like a cousin to come in to do yeah. the work. And <laughs> and it's like Panos is Panos can't come. He's sending in <laughs> Nick. Christos. And you're like, all right. <laughs> Nick. I got a Greek spot two doors down. Wonderful. Nice. Wonderful. Yeah, so I would see people at like the diner after the shows at the Greek uh, diner, give them the tapes, say, "Hey, let's do a show." Sometimes they were like, "Leave me the fuck alone." Sometimes they're like, "Our people." But once our show started popping off on its own, then it they, was like, "Oh, now, now we're talking." Like now right. we got it would go from forty kids to sixty kids to a hundred kids, and so on. And then under the knife. Post, post under the knife, everything was different, right? You know, that was kind of a step back with the recording because, again, we didn't have the budget, mm. um, went to a different studio. It's it's not the best sound. But people but love the way that thing sounds. Yeah, I know, which is, which we were just happy that people liked it. We're just yeah. like, and that was a big deal. Like, oh, we're going to go, we're going to make it, make it at Disc Maker's. And I remember talking to disc makers and they were like, yeah, we got the cassettes with the printing on it. And I was my, I was like, really? That's so, what I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want it's you. So I want the black cassette. All right. That's extra shit. Okay. Well, we got to come figure up with out. the loot. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Under the knife, man. And infamously after under the knife and before satisfaction is a long period of time. Or am I? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's after no, no, that was satisfaction. Yeah, my, 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 but you did a split with integrity. What was that ahead. like for you as just an integrity fan at the time? I mean, it was a letdown just strictly because Dwid was on his other like worldly. Sure. I, he was just in another world. Um, but he was I'll on give some, it, I'll, some art shit. Well, <laughs> I'll just I'll hand it to him that after 
just giving me the runaround, he did eventually get me the tracks. Mm. And I was scatterbrained too. Mm. So a lot of it could be put on me. Sure. Um, if you ever get him on the show and you ask him about it, you could, he might put it on me, but I just remember <laughs> it was like punish. I would like punish this dude to try to get a response. And again, I thought, okay, I, maybe we don't need to rely on other people to, to like, let's maybe we should just do our own thing. Like maybe we should just distance ourselves from these bands because they're not really like, like integrity wasn't a band that was like unifying people. And I mean no. that with the utmost respect because right. they, they were, I think as far as players and as far as the tones and as far as, and I know people will say they can say like which riffs they ripped off and this and that. You can say that Who about everything. That's that's, that's was, making music, baby. That's yeah, the business right. we're in. Yeah. But at that time, there was also this whole scene divide where I was like, I don't, I don't want to be in this. Like, I don't want to be involved with this. I like, I want to go play Buffalo. I want to go play Albany. All these places have great scenes. Like, it's not a competition. Mm. But for whatever reason with Cleveland and they were older than us too. Right, I think that right. might've had something to do with it. Like they, they all had very large egos um, in all those Cleveland bands. Some, not so much ringworm. Cause they were kind of like your buddies, like neighbors band. And they, I remember getting the vinyl and being like, Oh my God, like they're drinking Milwaukee's beast. Like we do like, <laughs> they're not, you know, they're not rich kids. Cause that was the right. other thing. The rich kid bands, you know, they would show up, they got 5150s, they got fucking brand new 40 Conoline van with fucking mm. rims on it. Right. Like we, 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 we were like, who are your parents? How do you make this shit happen? <laughs> we're, you know, we're sleeping on top of my grandmother's house with my Uncle Paulie, rest in peace. He's on Under the Knife. He's mm. the guy on the, on the, um, he, he brought us on our first tour with my previous band. So wow. we rented Uncle a U-Haul. Yeah. Wow. So so we went down to Virginia Beach, played with Nate from Converge's old band channel, who I had put out on my label. Mm -hmm. I put out the seven inch. They and uh we went with this band Dive from Massachusetts, mm -hmm. who now Matt is in the Dropkick Murphys. So we had seen like these guys that weren't like team players, we grew up dealing with them so we knew like let's not make the same mistakes that they're making and it's not a diss mm -hmm. yeah, it's no, just right. no they would probably admit that now i'm sure maybe even dwid would admit that now it's like you know and it it was funny it was entertaining sure <laughs> i mean you can't that, get it worked out for hate breed in the end so you can't get <laughs> mad at whatever path you took and you can't say they took the wrong path I'll tell you that much. <laughs> did you have any interactions well, with frank there, no in there are people that that, that say there are people that literally they just want to support the most underground, yeah. obscure, yeah. small bands. And I'm the same way. So I don't knock them. I'm just saying I realized that there was a huge network of great bands. We could all tour together. We could all come up together. But that wasn't the case with certain bands. Sure. They weren't putting the 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 ladder down. Was Was old Florida Frank cool in 1996 to you? Yeah. No, Fuck Frank, yeah. Frank was always cool. Um, you know, I had, I had 
roadied for the band too. So like I had driven in the van with them and, and helped out here and there. And I liked all the guys, but you could see they, they, they weren't going to, that lineup was not going to stay the same. Mm. And to me Uh. that, you know, that, um, that classic lineup was the best version. Sure. A lot of people don't remember when they jumped the shark and did the whole integrity 2000 thing. And, um, and so that was like an example, like, do not do that. Do not (laughs) evolve. Don't change. That was a change. Right. I was going to, I was going to save this for later, but he came up and I think we have to talk about Frank's pedigree of bands. Possibly the best. Untouchable resume. Like pound for pound, ringworm integrity, Tara Haybreed. Well, see that, but also the only reason why I bring this up and and shout out to Frank, um, still love the promise. I still go listen to it. And and not too long ago, I listened, we put, I forget what song we put on my, it might've been when you were on, there was one episode we were on, maybe my hardest hardcore tracks. I think we put, uh, Misha, like integrity is on there. One of the songs is on there. There was a blowout. Between, there was a there was a verbal blowout between Wayne and Frank regarding seasons and systems. Really? Yeah, I don't remember the exact context, but it was like it ended up in both like being like, I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> and it was like I was it was nice for me to see the passion the the passion about the integrity discography is still going. You know? Yes. That was nice for me. Well, a, a lot of people a lot of people jump ship like on seasons. Seasons <sighs> in the size of days, which isn't which isn't a bad record. A lot seasons of seasons is hard as fuck, dude. Seasons has pound for pound some of the hardest integrity pit parts, mm. for sure. Or- Orbital but teleplastic we- emanation, fuck off. That's a pit, <laughs> dude. Spin kick rolls off the tongue. It does. We we were also getting accused of being like an integrity ripoff band on the demo. So you can hear oh, on under the knife. It was. I said, well, integrity doesn't do blad blast beats. Like, think about all these bands that we like that have so much of a bigger audience than Integrity. Like, and if we got to get away from that tag and, and create our own sound, that's why you hear such a different sound from. And it, it kind of makes me crack up when you say, when people say, oh, every song sounds the same. It's such a big difference from Under the Knife and the Demo to Satisfaction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where Satisfaction is um, really not inspired by Integrity at all. No, I wouldn't it's, say so. And and our old guitar player Lou, God rest his soul. You know when we when I first showed him the riff for Empty Promises, he hated it. He was like, "This is like Rage Against the Machine or something." And I'm like, wow. "What are you talking about, dude? This shit's hard. Like this is gonna be the opener. Like this is the album opener. This is it." And it, and it was like, he said that about the the yeah wow and and. I don't even like bring bringing up stuff like that because he's not here to um to rebut uh, state his case. Yeah, yeah. But but the, he did that multiple times, but that was kind of like you know, in a loving way, I was kind of like, well, you're older than us. All right. And you don't have the same vision as us. Yeah. Like you're you're kind of in that older camp where you have one version and so I thought if he doesn't like it, it might be huge. Wow. <laughs> you know, because he didn't I like I will be hurt either. 
the litmus Boulder, test of age. Boulder razzing you on the empty promises breakdown. Yeah, is and incredible. he and he didn't like I will be heard either. And um, <laughs> that's a that's a certifiable mistake. He did he didn't like the riff. Oh, I see. Mm. But Interesting. Again, he's not here to dispute that. So, like, rest in peace, Boulder legend. Yeah, and now when I look back and I go, when you you just when you go with your gut and when you hear things, because you know how like you hear things with your gut, like it hits you, like you hear something and it's like you're just going by a feeling. You could strategize all you want, but if you don't have that feeling. No, someone else is not going to have that feeling. That's why probably when you guys record your demos and stuff, you scrap a lot of stuff or you. Dude, I, I have what's called the next day test. If yeah. it still rocks the next day, it's good. Like yeah. You like record I like, it I and it, you sit on it overnight and then you listen to it the next day. It's still good. You're like, all right, Fresh it's, it's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I, I have an addictive personality. So like I'll hum a song in my head. Like if I get an earworm, I could have an earworm for six months to the mm-hmm. point where I'll lose my mind. Like, so people go, Oh, why, why was it so long in between two records? Almost five years. You don't understand. That shit was replaying in my mind for years. Dude, we're the same person. Jim. <laughs> yeah. You're describing. <laughs> we're the same. You're describing my entire pro like one, every single riff, especially like breakdowns and mosh parts. It's like a full science experiment. It takes an, it takes a year of focus grouping in here <laughs> to figure out yeah. the right way to play each little part. I still have the riff you showed me over the weekend. Only twice. Still have it in my head. So there we go. You got that one. Something. That one fat. The focus group is the, the results are in. <laughs> you, ever, you ever have a riff that has to go with certain lyrics? It can't be like the two are married. I wanted to ask you about this specifically yeah. because I. I learned over just, you know, over the course of time that you are the riffman for a lot of, if not most, Hatebreed stuff. And being the lyricist singer, I'm, I'm imagining you do that a lot. Where you, you hear a riff and you, you hear the part and you know how you're going to deliver it. You know it's going to be the sing-along part or whatever it is. I have to imagine that that happens at the same time for you. A lot of times it does, but also if I, if I write like say a chorus or I write a verse and sometimes um, I'll write a second verse with a different cadence or whatever, I'll then fit the riff and I'll choose whichever riff I think Mm. like flows better Mm. under that cadence. But I've had, and this is why now I'm just, branching out and doing production and doing co-writes and stuff. I've had so many songs that I knew I couldn't put out as hate breed or as Josta or as kingdom of star or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I just, where then it's in my head for so long. That's how this whole corpse grinder record came about. Wow. I had this hook the, and I, it was so ignorant. It was, I'll pull the trigger. I'll flip the switch I'll I'll uh, I'll pull the trigger. I'll flip the switch. I'll pour the gas. I'll light the match. No questions asked. And I would go. And I, it was in my head for like literally <laughs> eight months. And finally, I was like, I can't, I can't say this shit. Like, I don't want this mm. shit coming to life. And I don't want this on me. Like, because I had want to put it on old George. Because it's <laughs> it spells. Like you're casting a spell. Like it was so dark. Like some of the some of the shit was so dark. Mm. 
And I know because after touring for five years on Satisfaction and seeing people like almost kill each other, I was like, this is we're this is some sorcery. Like I need to You're I need to balance out some 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 positivity. You've been casting uh, spells on me for a long time, Jamie. I'll tell you what. Thank you. Thank you. So is that where that came Far from? Too kind. The 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 lyrical I'm not gonna say change, but just kind of redirection towards a more positive viewpoint, yes. I guess, or message yes. overall. Wow. Yeah, but so you want people to not mosh as hard? Is that no, you well, just, just, kill you just each wanted other. to you just wanted to have the 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 violence be associated with a cathartic experience mm. and have it be associated with a cleansing where like you see now say in ufc these guys are going to take each other's heads off but at the end there's like sportsmanship i just looked at it as like having a balance and like having sportsmanship like we could have the show everybody's fucking beating the shit out of each other it's 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 controlled chaos and it's sanctioned violence there is more sportsmanship than ever pit wise in hardcore right now, I will say I've seen less less fights few. per capita yeah, yeah, per very show. Very few fights recently. Good, but yeah. but way because it was Marshall. it was getting bad and it was getting to the point where there were people like high up people going, "You will be Stop named it. in the suit, and the judge will set a precedent, and then you will be known as the person who ruined it for Mariah Carey and ruined it for and the, it." all you need is one judge to set the precedent because yeah, yeah. it start. you know, when we first got on Ozfest, it was like, you can't say this, you can't say that you can't do this. What couldn't it's you say? Different. Like fuck it up or something. Like, look at the person next to you, punch yeah. him in the face. Like if the, <laughs> like in Boston, look at the person next to you. If they're standing still, they're a Yankees fan and vice versa. Like in New York, if look at the person, anybody standing still is a Red Sox fan. Literally the whole place turns into a fight. That was banned. The, Oh yeah, yeah. They were like, you cannot fucking no do spots that. references at fucking Ozfest, dude. <laughs> but also, um, it was because you were associated with hardcore. This is yeah. back when this this was when people with like face tattoos, nobody saw them until they were at our shows. Like it was like you uh, seeing somebody in the wild that. This was a shock to people. Like they're sure. like, these people are coming are criminals. These kids are criminals. Like. So it, it was different then. They, they, now it's normal. Like now you see someone with a face tattoo and it's not like, oh, it's a, anymore. it's a TikToker. It's yeah. a, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You don't think that they're going to have like a bunch of dudes roll up on motorcycles and no. when before it was, it was guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. It he has a face tattoo. With, I'm dead. It goes along with what Jay from mind force was saying is that like moshing now, like hard moshing is kind of scarier because everyone's doing the crazy shit. Whereas back in the day, he was saying, especially particularly in like Hudson Valley, which he said and a thousand times yeah. in Connecticut, it was like there'd be one or two guys doing that. And they were just the craziest guys. The untouchables. The untouchables, yeah. The made men. Well, were yeah, and then it. you had people <laughs> swinging chains. You had people bringing pit bulls, people bringing shovels, you know, just all sorts of shit where... It was just ignorant. I mean, yeah, garbage you, cans you, being thrown. Did you do much touring on Under the Knife? Yeah, actually, we did uh, a tour with Voorhees. Shout out to Neil. Shout out to Final Conflict. Shout out to, uh, yeah, we did a tour. See, that was another real turning point, too, was 
that was like a more basement grind crust sure. circuit, yeah. which is a great circuit. Like you could mm -hmm. like, that's a fun, that's a good time. Like I'm sure that still exists. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, but that was an eye opener because it was like, okay. And, and this is a, this is the case for every crossover band. It was the same for AF. Cause I remember a, I remember reading about AF going through this where, you know, they're on tour with malevolent creation and, and cannibal corpse and obituary. And I thought that was rad, but yeah. then they were like, what you know, record would that heads. have been on? That was on one voice, which is that's like their straight up most modern hard. hardcore record. Yeah, that's yeah, hard, hard as fuck. Yeah, so that's wild to me. I went into Rhymes Records and I go, "That's a tattoo." That this guy has a t the poster is just Roger's chest, right? Mm -hmm. And it's this crazy tattoo. And I mm -hmm. and the guy goes, "Yeah, that's Roger. That's Roger Moret." And I go, "I gotta know this guy. Like, this is crazy. Who would do that to their chest?" I go, "This guy <laughs> has to be the best record ever." Yeah. Then I got the tape and I played it for a friend and they were like, and he's like, oh, um, one of the songs, I think it's undertow. He's like, yeah, that's about Roger going to prison. Um, that's some hard lore. Yeah. And, and it, I was like, this is the, one of the hardest things I've ever heard in my life. This is one of the hardest records in my, but then when I went to the show, um, and they played at this place, it was, it was either called the urban jungle or it had just turned over and it was called, uh, the tune in they you could tell everybody was scared at the mm. show like people didn't want a mosh mm. and it was it was like a they had taken a dip on that record even though i thought it was amazing i liked Sonically, those records yeah yeah they it, that it, was actually time, the perception has changed now that's that's it's very fondly appreciated yeah but then they came back and they had Lars produce the record. We did a bunch of the reunion shows. That was a game changer for us too, getting the cosign from AF. Mm. When they came back, that they they knew the collective consciousness. Like, yes, let's have it be sing-along. Let's have it be brotherhood, unity, fun, inclusion. Like that was a big deal. Like that inclusion means something different now. Back then it was, it was, it was like, yeah, let's have punk rockers, oi, because Warzone. Yeah. We would play with Warzone all the time. It was it was amazing. And I, hate, I had gone to see what's that? Hey, sorry, Haybreed and Warzone would play together all the time. All the time. And actually Ray Bees was gonna guest on Satisfaction. Wow. And we just didn't it just for whatever reason we didn't link up. This is back when you're calling people on landlines, you're yeah. writing letters, or you're going to their place. Um that was a big like that was a big deal when when AF and Warzone both started popping off again, that was amazing because I was like one of those kids. I liked the re-records, like the the victory re-records of Warzone. They were great. The production mm -hmm. was up there with other stuff that was out. And all was forgiven, like from the Bullet Hole record. That was another dollar bin record. Yeah, we talked about that briefly yeah. last week. Okay, yeah, like that was one. You walk up to the counter, the kid's like, don't do it. I'm like, it's only a dollar. No, don't do it. <laughs> Not worth it. But the the changing of the guard is another thing that you gotta be aware of because sure. the kids that would 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 come and go, like all those kids at the Fugazi show that were like, yo, you guys get the fuck out of here, go fuck yourselves, fuck moshing, fuck stage diving. They were all be they were all lawyers and doctors like three years later. They're already mm -hmm. they were going to Yale. They were the kids were that out. we hated. Yeah. yeah. 
You know what I mean? So it was like, and you were you see at the time if I was if I was a young Joss, I would have been like, fuck these motherfuckers. But you immediately business mind where like I see there's another thing happening. I need to do this other thing. If I want this, other people have to want this. Yeah. But I was also promoting shows, and I would right. see the kids that would get dropped off. So that made me think differently. Growing up, being so close to Yale, but having so little, and being like, how do these people have mm. all the, like, there's like, there's like helipads and shit. Like, this is the most powerful and rich people on earth. And literally two blocks away is just gang violence, homelessness, mm. projects right at the end of my street. I was just there the other night because my brother actually bought some other property right near the house that we grew up in. Mm. The projects are still there at the end of my street. I mean, that was like, that was just scary walking to school, just right. dealing with certain people there. And then the club that you go see the shows, like where Nirvana played, Melvin's, Typo, Exploited, that was only maybe eight blocks down Whaley Avenue, this place, the moon. And then another whatever eight to 10 blocks down is where the urban jungle and the tuning was, but it was stark contrast going there, walking, riding your bike or taking the bus. Once you get into Yale, I mean, you're talking skull and bone society. Yeah, You're talking yeah. about relatives and people like, like kids where like, I remember this girl had security. She was going to Yale. She had security. And we were wow. like, who the who the fuck is this chick? And she ended up being on the show, Roseanne. I think she was like the daughter. Oh, on the Sarah show. Gilbert? Either Becky or... Someone or someone should... I could be totally Brian Williamsing the shit out of that story. William, <laughs> what's the guy's name? I could be fucking Brian Williamson the shit out of that story. You're but, Andrew Morrising the, the shit out I, of that story. And, and I love, you know, I love to embellish with the rest of them, but... Sure. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that Sarah it Gilbert. was... Once I started doing the door at my own shows, I was like, I can't really knock these kids because they're helping me not lose my shirt. They're helping me pay, pay my rent or pay mm. the studio bill. And when they're getting dropped off, you know, in the Mercedes or in the BMW, but they got right. their Liberty spikes. <laughs> and I did all the shows. I did the Christian shows. I did the ska shows. I did the punk. I did the, you know, the the metal shows. I did even like glam shows. Like I did rat. I did. And then I did like big shows like Guar misfits. So I promoted okay. shows and I saw each sort of crowd. Did that help you at all later while Hatebreed was popping off with these bands remembering you booking them? It did in some where it didn't go great. It didn't help me. Like, because Guar was like, yo, the fucking Connecticut dude. Yeah, Guar, Guar, there was multiple times where it was almost came to blows. Um, oh, wow. another one with Lou, God rest his soul. We we rolled up to go see these dudes in Amen, and they were opening for Guar. And we just rolled up to go see them, and we were taking a piss out back of the chance, but we were pissing on Guar's bus. Like we were pissing on uh on the bus. On the tire, because it's like okay. the bus is parked yeah, yeah. in the alley. That don't count. That's going to roll right off. And Brocky came out, started screaming, wanted to fight. And then when we eventually got put on their shows, we got kicked off the tour because of a whole... That was because we had too many friends backstage. Somebody stole something. The, the, mm. the typical, like, this is why we don't have nice things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That a lot of bands Some deal Connecticut, with. Connecticut activity, you know? <laughs> And I actually got spared, you know, going like having long-term problems with people you don't want to have problems with and sure. and and 
booking agents and managers and people that could really fuck your career up. Yeah. Um, like misfits eventually like, we're like, don't worry about it. Jerry was cool. Um, Doyle was cool. You know, it was just stupid drunken behavior with us and our friends. And, um, but yeah, seeing those kids come up to the shows, I would, I would say like, yeah, well this, why wouldn't you want this person as your fan? Yeah, because I because that was the tickets to something. So <laughs> right, because because that was the shortcomings that a lot of bands like volunteered. They just yeah. volunteered. They would go like, "Oh, we're not playing with that band." I go, "Why? Are you crazy? The band is huge." Now, fuck that. We're done. We're not playing. And I'm not gonna say what bands, but you guys know them. Yeah, and sure. you know, it's like you don't want to open for Slipknot. You don't want to <laughs> open for Deftones. You don't want to like, right. like Corn. Um. <clears throat> We turned, we turned down. We, we actually went to play with Machine Head instead. And then everybody was like, yo, you're, what are you? And the Machine Head show was great, but it was only yeah, like 200 yeah. people. Corn right. sold out Toad's Place, a thousand fucking people. Yeah. Right. They, I, I did not, growing up, I'm 35 now. So growing up when Corn was, when Corn was first like a thing, I was very, very young. I never realized until I watched that fucking Woodstock documentary that came out last year how, how big, big yeah. Corn was. They were, yeah, the kids, the, the basketball team at my elementary school was for sure all, all about all, corn. All you know? about corn, yeah. Couldn't no, and, tell you another it, rock band. And, and you know what? You know what's really cool about them, especially? Actually, you know Scott Lee? Shout out to Scott Lee. Of he, course. He was the one who told me, he's like, this is, these are the kids you got to play for. Like, these kids, they just want to mosh. They just want to jump around. They're, they want heavy shit. They don't even know that your scene exists. That's what he said. No. He goes, they don't, even, they don't even know. So I said, all right, where, where's the show? He's like, because we're playing at fucking Pearl Street and Toad's Place and these clubs. He goes, dude, they're playing New Haven Coliseum. Fuck yeah. li- when, And you know what's funny is when we went to the, when we went to open for Machine Head, you know, they had, I love Machine Head, don't get me wrong, but they had their weights in back. It was like, we couldn't have a dressing room. They have to have their treadmill in there. We're like, this yeah. is fantasy. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. bro, there's 200 people here. Like, what What do you need yeah. all this shit for? Mm. They, they, um, and Stuck Mojo, like, the, they were, they were lifting weights too. And I gave the singer the tape. He kind of like big time me. I was like, whatever. We had a line for the tapes and the shirts, like a line bigger than those two bands. And I, and I was like, all right, we're on to something here. But then they started playing a song. Machine had started playing a song and the place fucking went berserk. Mm. And I go, yo, what song is this? Like, what album is this off? I don't know this song. They're like, no, they just covered corn machine had covered corn. That's how big it was. Wow. At that show. Yeah. At the show where they were, and I was like, you, you said no to corn. We were supposed to, we, yeah, because it was something happened, like somebody canceled and they booked like a last minute show. It we, They would have never, they would have never even had a local band, I think at that point, because they were already taking out. Sure. Um, I forget who they had. Yeah. King Kitty or something. But so wow, they came wild. back, Satisfaction had come out. They came back to New Haven Coliseum. I went to Kinko's. And I just made like 5,000 handbills for all our shows coming up. And then I nice. grabbed a bunch of people. I went to New Haven Coliseum and I was just giving them out to everywhere. And then I went back by the buses. I went down the loading ramp. The dude was looking away. So I got down the loading ramp and I had a copy of Satisfaction on CD and I saw a monkey and I gave it to him. And they, t- they ended up taking us on tour many years later, but he had remembered like me giving him the CD. But he that was another thing that... Wow. 
You think he, you think he signed you to Roadside Records that day, or do you think he he might have? But he, he like held on that was a that was a good thing for us on Supremacy. We needed like some bigger looks because at that point everybody was gravitating towards the um like the Dragon Forced and Avenged and mm. just like more noodly type of um, sure. heavy music. The noodling was a and and there was you know all the remains was popping off Kill Switch on Earth like there was a lot of noodling. So for us to go out with corn, like in Australia and in Europe, they, even though people looked at it as new metal, it was really caveman still. Mm. It no, wasn't noodly. No right. noodles for me, dude. I'm, I closed up. The he's he's vehemently anti noodle. But before really? we get to, I am before we get to noodling, keto you, when it comes to riffs. <laughs> you said a word a few minutes ago, Jamie. You said the word satisfaction. Let's talk about objectively a record that is on the the hardcore mount rushmore mm. in terms of impact on the genre Man, i gotta come on this show more often we're gonna come and <laughs> suck like, you off whenever you're gassing you want, me right? up you're gassing this is a, me up this is real this is just facts though like there's nobody that can listen oh, to this well. and be like satisfaction didn't change things it changed things yeah you're the biggest hardcore band ever did you feel when recording these 14 songs 14 songs Jesus Christ. 14 songs, 25 minutes or something. <laughs> did you feel did you feel like you did something? Or were you like, all right, we just did our first LP. Let's hope it goes well. Or were you did you finish this thing and think got it. Damn. Boys, yeah. we boys, we got something here. Yeah, but there was a lot of people I liked the demo better. That was a, that was a major thing. Oh my God. But Straight also, up. and also there was, I don't see this. Well, this is one of the craziest things. And when I tell people this, they, they don't believe it, but this was a real thing. There was this movement of like, we, Lou, God rest his soul. I mean, I'll bring him up again. He's, he would call them the persnickety kids. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? And he goes, look at them. They're just fucking persnickety. They're just, <laughs> they're like. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, like nerds. Like, why do you even like this music? Like, they're just nerds. And so they would call Victory like the McDonald's of hardcore. And they would like boycott Victory Band's shows. And it would be a thing. And we were like, and we were offended because we would go places and they would be like boycotting our show. And we're, we wanted to smack the people up. We knew that wasn't, we knew that wasn't going to be a good idea yeah. long term. Of course. Sure. And but it, uh, ha it happened. And these are kids that were just, they were just snitches and they were going to become cops, cops and lawyers, yeah. And, yeah, you yeah. know, so like. And meanwhile, and, McDonald's fucking. And yeah, McDonald's the goat. So, <laughs> so we're like, that's high yo, praise. Like, have you had a filet of fish? Extra tartar? <laughs> like, come on. I mean, this is. but Happen so to we, be on that team. <laughs> so we, we would be bummed. And then we, and and sometimes we would be like man, we could have been friends. Like we could have. And so mm. that really changed our perspective. Like, okay, now mm. we really got to try to not have these people fuck our whole careers up because wow. they're, they're looking to cause problems and instigate sure. and get us to react. So instead of being reactive, we had to try to be like proactive to be pro when we got in get get to the show on time which was hard keep a steady lineup um 
because people really liked the songs. They liked the record, you know, yeah. Madball and Earth Crisis really helped us out. That was a big deal for us to get on the Madball and Earth Crisis tour. And the, but really also the big, big one for us was Entombed. That was a big deal for us to get the Entombed tour. Really? And, was that the one then, that did it where you felt like things had changed, things were changing? Well, yeah. And also because you need that ultimate warrior moment, like everybody. And there's many, many, like I call them mini ultimate warrior moments. A lot of bands are afraid to have the ultimate warrior moment where the other band puts you over. God, I got to get put over by Hogan eventually, you know? Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And you got to, and you got to like ride with it and you got to sell it like, like warrior sells it, even though he's speaking our language, man. So, so for us, getting a couple of shows, like having the promoters be like, yo, you got to go on above bloodlet. That was a big deal because there were people that were like, bloodlet is the next integrity or bloodlet is the next, you know, big How did bloodlet feel about you going on after them? I forget which shows we went on above them. I think probably Connecticut, probably a couple other ones. But the Bloodlet was cool because they had brought us to Florida. We had gone down and played with them, and they were a great band and still are a great band. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got but, it. It's, it's good business. It's exactly yeah. like wrestling. That's how it right. works. And, and it's like, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Like when we went, to, like a goal of ours was to sell out Lemoore. I used to go, I used to take the train down, I used to go to Brooklyn, hand out flyers at those shows. Like if we were playing in the city, if we were playing at CV's or we were playing at, uh, you know, any of the venues, we would see like, okay, we're, you're too metal for fucking ABC No Rio. We would try. Right. We would try to get on shows. Yo, we did a tour with Voorhees. We played with Disassociate. We played with Final Conflict. No, 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 you're too, you're too metal. Mm. You're not, you're too metal for the hardcore matinee. Eventually they, you know, once you start to draw. Yeah. Yeah then they need you when they need you, you got, things change right but then you also have to have somebody put you over right right so the perenni brothers at lamores they said and this is on satisfaction they said you got to get another band with a name you know and and then we'll give you the door or we'll give you a guarantee or we'll give you a budget and you pay that band okay so we got leeway and that was mm-hmm. a big thing like yeah you know you headline over leeway and just keep doing that, trying to keep creating new Ultimate Warrior moments to the point where you get to Roseland and it's like now at Roseland, the biggest venue in the city, the most legendary venue in the city, have Biohazard open, have Sick of It All open, have Suffocation open mm. because they put the, they, you know, I put the ladder down for us. We're having mm. our moment. You want to do the same, but it's also great for you because they're putting you over. They're giving you the, the Ultimate Warrior moment. Sure. That's a beautiful thing. And I yeah. think... We talk about wrestling pretty often on this show, and like a lot of our listeners aren't don't really fuck with wrestling. <laughs> but like the thing is, is like that this aspect of what you're talking about is what got once I found that out about wrestling, it's what got me back into wrestling. When I there, when I there's realized, an ebb and like, flow. Oh, there's this whole thing where they're working to together, listen. and it's a beautiful thing. It's awesome, and it's exactly true. You got to be in tune. It's a moment based yeah business, but wrestling and music. You got to be ready when those moments come for those bands. It's, it's, it's up to you to make it happen for them. And then they, so that they can do the same thing for you. What is it? What's a, what's a modern band who, whose ultimate moment, ultimate warrior moment you want to give to them? 
a modern band. Or what's the last Ultimate Warrior moment you've provided to a, a newer band? And you were psyched to do. You're psyched to, to do the job. <laughs> I mean, we wanted to do it for Parkway. We mm. thought that was going to be a great look for them. It, it's too bad that the tour didn't pan out because we we that was going to be a world tour. Yeah. Wow. Where we were going to go to Australia. Europe and they you know they had always given us props and had always shown us a lot of love in like big big magazines and on and big interviews big radio shows like internationally like shouting us out as an influence and and so you know when they started to really have that rise and that come up we're like this is a great time to do it mm -hmm. wow. where it benefits both of us um and it's just too bad it just wasn't in the cards mm -hmm. um but it's not out of the question though but no i say never say never to all this stuff but we're coming up on our 30th anniversary and we actually believe it or not on this last run that we did with gatekeeper dying wish and body snatcher who yeah, I was there were were smaller bands at that time like they've already all really all three have really grown in the last mm -hmm. six months like body snatcher is selling out fucking thousand caps right now like they sold right. out the place we played together um, I think last night or the night before. So, you know, when bands like that, they start to have their moment, it just helps our case down the line when we have to sell a promoter or a group of promoters on a package that they don't feel is necessarily strong. Right. Mm -hmm. Once you do the numbers, then it's all good. So like coming off that tour for perseverance, now we're going to, you know, next year is going to be the 30th anniversary. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to provide that moment, but we would still want to have a stacked package like we did on the 25th anniversary oh, yeah, with legendary right. bands. But yeah, I don't, I don't know who that would be. I, I thought you meant like vice versa, like, you know, the band to play above us. No, I, yeah, I did. Okay. Like yeah. So Parkway, Parkway Park, yeah. would be a, would be um, a, a good one. But it's, I mean, who's on the come up that's more metalcore? That one just seemed like something like, that. like a like a like a knocked loose, probably. Yeah. Is, is knocked loose would the, be a great one too. Yeah. Um, it's a, a, a great example of bands that have longevity. Hatebreed obviously being one, terror being the next that, that comes to mind. And a couple years ago, terror was direct support for Knock Loose before Knock Loose really, really popped too. They mm. they did exactly what we're talking about, and that tour ended up being great for everyone across the board. That's exactly, yeah. And I think Knock Loose is a good example of a band that they went more extreme. Like they yeah. didn't even go, they didn't even go. Um, There's no melody, softer or anything. No melody, no, nothing like that. Yeah, and it, and that more bands should look at that. And because and, that's even um, a sort of a better litmus test of what's out there, right? Because yeah. I don't know. I, I see the names and I see the logos. I don't know the music. Like I see this group, um, Spirit Box. People were sending me this for my Patreon show, my news show, like where we do a little bit of metal news. Like they dropped off some tour. But um, I had played them on my show and um, watched the video and the girl is like very charismatic, really likable. Mm -hmm. um, Good singer. And yes. And um, they popped off crazy hard over mm -hmm. COVID. 
Mm-hmm. And there's some like hard riffs and like some bounce and some groove, like even kind of like there's some stuff that kind of reminded me of corn, not a lot, like more genty. I don't even know how to describe it, but sure. Um, a band like that needs the moment from say like a corn or a Deftones, yeah. and and people would go, why they have their own thing because you don't understand this generational thing, and then when people fall off. They look at that on paper and they go, I wish I was at that show. It doesn't matter right. if they're smoking corn or drawing half the right. crowd and the, it's leaving. It's right. still great for everybody because it's high tide raises all ships. Absolutely. Um, uh, the, the Satisfaction record release oh. is something that has come up on Hard Lore a few times. Really? And it's like, it's like a thing that people are scared to talk about. <laughs> like an like infamously the, like rowdy. Legendarily violent event. Yeah, yeah. Is there any is there anything specifically you remember about the Satisfaction record release that you can tell us? What would you say that people are scared to talk about it? Is it because this? <laughs> I don't is, know. I can't tell you. I wish I wasn't there. November eleventh, okay. well, you could tell me about it. You know what? There was stuff. You know how I said like the he would call them like the persnickety kids. <laughs> <laughs> there, that exists now, but bigger yeah. than ever. And they don't, they would look at that show as just a, a toxic masculinity fest. Mm, sure. And they would look at, they would look down on it and they would go, just like we said, this is what we don't want to be at the Fugazi show. They would look at it, we don't want to be that. So there might be people that just are like, the glory days of talking about that stuff, they might feel doesn't. Mm. Um, reflect well on them in this current climate. I don't give a fuck because it was fun. Yeah, some people it wasn't fun. For <laughs> Jamie, them. we we love violence. On yeah, we are we are on <laughs> we're, we are we're all pro on the violence. same team here. We're 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 for violence. So if you have a if you are something you remember where you're like, yo, this dude <laughs> killed this crazy. dude. I'm a psyched. <laughs> you know? so no, I that's mean what it you- just it just. Look, the culture, whatever the current culture is, they're very, they're very hesitant to be pro security because there's almost this view of like security. You're like, you're like one step away from being a CO or or being a cop. Yeah. Right. Or something. Yeah. And, And, but in hardcore, that's so prevalent because that like is the case. Like in the, in the smaller, like borderline DIY venue that's probably still owned by Live Nation. Like the security don't get it. They don't understand that the people moshing are kind of on the same page while they're beating the shit out of each other, especially right. now. Um in in the in the metal world, like there's a, the viral video of like Acacia Strait playing and the security guy being like and that that's kind of more what it's like in like a normal venue. Um but and yeah, that's I, cool. I, and yeah, I agree. Very, very cool. Yeah. It and should I, be that way. Catch the people diving, put them down, let them get back in. Yeah. Don't rough them up. There's there's no there's no need for that. But also every situation is different and mm-hmm. every variable that comes into play is different. And every city is different and every venue is different. And people want to just generalize and be right. Sure. And and that's probably why there's reservations about talking about shows like that because if you if you say it from the view of the security, now all of a sudden you're a sympathizer with that. But if you say it of the view of the wild ass band dude and the entourage, let's hear. Um, it. You know, <laughs> my thinking is 
especially during that time, we had done so many other shows and packed out so many other venues locally. Mm -hmm. There was no reason to have any of this nonsense. There was, it could have all been avoided, mm. but you're, you're, you're also, what, what was the, what was the thing that pissed everybody off when, um, when it was like, there's good people on both sides. Oh God. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yeah. Very like fine that. people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> on both sides. It, <laughs> Insane. You know, you, you just sound like a total idiot saying that, but it was, there was like a point people go, Oh, you're doing the middle. You're, you're playing the middle or whatever, but no, we've done both. I've been a promoter mm. and I, and by, by the contract, I had yeah. to have security or otherwise oh, okay. the band wouldn't play mm. in that case. It was put on us very last minute. And there was multiple conversations had of like, this is going to end badly. You can do whatever you want, <laughs> but trust me, yeah. going to end badly. There's hundreds and of people who are ready to beat the shit out of each other. Who hate you. And the only unification is the band and hating you. <laughs> well, and, and also it's like at that time, say the cops did come and people actually got detained or actually mm. got arrested. No one's saying shit. Yeah. No. You, it, and it was guaranteed. It was like that collective consciousness. Yeah. Nobody was going to say shit. So even then it's going to be your word against whoever gets detained or get, obviously that's, you know, it was, that was well avoided. Yeah. There was there was fallout, there was calls, there was other things after the fact. Nobody knows nothing. <laughs> what are you going to do? Okay. I think we might have even I don't think we ever went back and played, but I might have promoted another show at some point there. Or that could have right. been the end of it. I don't know. There was a <laughs> lot of Also, there's a lot of these guys that they thought they brought the crowd. Mm. That at the was satisfaction a, record release? There no at every show at oh, every okay. venue. Okay. So so there is these guys that would own the venue or that would promote like the cover bands and then they would go, "Oh, I could call this booking agent." No, no, they don't get that. Uh, it's an established um like they didn't get that we we're mailing out flyers yeah. to fucking yeah, 1200 like, people I'm like really we we're putting booking shows. <laughs> like they wouldn't get like we would literally mail out 1200 fucking flyers. Like we would Wasn't go that what killed CBGB's essentially is like hardcore kept it alive. And then they kind of were just like now nah, we're going to do some some jazz nights and shit and then the the hardcore matinee ceasing wouldn't wouldn't that have had a huge like CBGB's kind of not fucking with hardcore anymore wouldn't that have killed it i i think i think there was you know what there's a movie there's a, a movie about cbgb's they well, don't talk about a single fucking hardcore man yeah dead boys is like the only thing no that yeah that that cbgb's movie is the biggest piece of shit in <laughs> it's cinema crazy. history it's terrible um that i i would have to ask drew stone you guys should really have drew stone on this show if you haven't yet um he has a great podcast and uh he would know more but i was i played one of the last shows at cb's mm. and i remember 
they were saying like rent was going to be raised mm. or the building was going to be sold or a combination mm. of both. Like maybe until the building was sold, they were going to try to, um, they were going to try to renew the lease, but then the lease was going to be upped or something. And then it just became unmanageable. I'd have to ask Drew. He would probably know. But I remember thinking like, who, someone should step in and buy this. Like, where's yeah, all these rockers yeah. that wear the fucking CB shirts? Like, where's Straight the, up, dude. the green And I don't want to, yeah, like, I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but like, yo, like, where's like Iggy Pop? Like, where, where, yeah. where's fucking Axl where's, Rose? Like, where, who made this movie? Yeah. <laughs> where are they? <laughs> yeah, where are they? Yeah, Jesus dude, Christ. That's a very good point. I just God. got those, um, those negative night bootlegs that I bought. Speaking of oh, yeah. infamous, you know, the Lamore, shows, Lamore yeah, shows, the, the yeah. Carnivore, Sheer Terror, Biohazard, Lamore show shirts I just got today. And That's the, amazing. I love talking about like these infamous, like, oh, yeah, that was that was a bad one. <laughs> so see, it fits also, right in with the. We knew then, especially trying to be in a, a professional band, we knew that there was tragedy was avoided. And that mm. we got lucky and that you there was kind of like a nine lives thing where <laughs> it was going to eventually, you knew the more it's just variables. Like it's just math. You mm. you go from having 300 to 800. Now you got 1200 and some of these places, it's not safe. The capacities you're, you're oversold. Yeah. And oh, yeah. The, if the promoter is telling you it's 600, there's 1200 in, there. you know, especially sure. with some of these sketchier clubs. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. and then, you know, we had, Remember what happened at Lamore at Life of Agony. That was a big deal. That made it onto like the news. Like that was right. and and even some of the stuff was suicidal. It had like the the ban in LA. Like that made it onto our news. That even made yeah. national news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when shit started to get like that, we thought, okay, it was cool in theory. It was cool yeah. for the story. In it wasn't happened... cool. Sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. What happened with Life of Agony at Lemoore? I don't know the story. Uh, somebody died. Wow. Yeah, like, and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's never cool. Like yeah. you know, like there's no like, oh, that was a rough one. That's like, that's the one line <laughs> that's like that the you don't want to cross. But other Jesus than that, Christ. Pardon this interruption. It's Manscaped time. Bo, tell them what we got. We got the all new weed whacker. This bad boy. Let me show you guys something. I got them both. Here's the old one. Listen to this. Okay. Uh -huh. Here's the new one. Oh! oh are you kidding That's going to whack the fuck out of you. <laughs> uh, it's great. It's uh, You can use it wet or dry, so like in the shower oh. or not. It's got replaceable heads, so every couple months you can be a clean little boy. Or and that's for and like ears, nose, and... Whatever. Not no other holes. I don't think. I think it's just ears and nose. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I'll find out. And <laughs> let you know. research, right? uh, I'm, I'm loving the foot duster lately. You the know, foot duster some, rocks, right? I got some nasty uh, dogs that are barking, and this this silences them a little bit. A little bit puts a little muzzle on. Crop revivers, my my OG. This That's is this goat. is like my. I'm not leaving the house without this. Basically, <laughs> tell them tell them how you use that. Like what it, what is your? If I'm working out. I don't want anybody to smell me. Of course. And I come with a funk. I'm sorry. This eliminates the funk. This eliminates the funk. No I also funk. recently got the body wash, which is in my shower. So I can't, I don't have it right here, but it smells very take nice. Take a shower live on the. Should I take a shower? Pad. Yeah. All right. I'll, give me a second. All right. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm very 
it's like we said in the beginning we we tried some manscaped stuff and we were like yeah this stuff is good let's let's see what we can do with them yeah every product that i've tried i've been like oh this rocks yeah code hardlore 20 percent off free shipping you could get all of it too you should you should because it uh helps us helps us a lot i would woo it's also whatnot time, Bo. Yes. And more so than ever. Because yes. we finally have a date booked for the first ever Hardlore Whatnot. Friday, March 24th. The 24th. Do it's going to be time? the only place you, in the world you can buy this. It's going to be... Oh, that's a good point. Uh, there's, we're going to have some OG Harm's Way stuff. Some OG God's Hate, Twitching Tongues. All of our bands. Many other bands that... Mm. you know. There's going to be lore... For every single item that we've got, we've got on there. If you're a medium, if you wear a size medium, brother, I got you. Oh, you're going to be rich. <laughs> Good stuff. So join us on Whatnot. Also, uh, for Josta, we want to plug Milwaukee Metal Fest, baby. It's back Friday, May 26th to the 28th. Yeah, that's uh, that weekend. You got, we're you got give some two lineup heavy hitters for them? Go ahead crazy and just fucking them. lineup. Biohazard first headlines. show back. Dark Angel, Napalm Death, Dying Fetus, the best band ever. Crowbar, Revenge, COC, Anthrax, Suicidal, Black Dahlia, Shadows Fall, Obituary, Fear Factory, Lamb of God, Machine Head, After the Burial, The Halo Effect, Terror, Fucking Reaper, yeah. Goat Whore, Frozen Soul, Undeath, Dying Wish, Friends of the Show, many friends of the show. On this Lots thing. of friends. Uh, we want to give away two free tickets right now. Colin had a good um, idea. I do. So if you're seeing this, you might be the first one to do it. So the first person that tweets us a video of them screaming for five seconds, absolutely as loud as they can. As loud as you can. We'll win two free tickets to this. We will announce the winner. Scream as loud as you can. For example, ah! Do something like that. For five seconds. For for five seconds. No bullshit now. Yeah. I want to see four, three. I want five (laughs) full seconds of loud (laughs) screaming to show that you belong at Milwaukee Metal Fest. Yeah. Um, that's it for that's it for our ads. Enjoy this this legendary episode with Jasta. Go hard. Do you see? See, I, like it's it's a little different now. You obviously, Hatebreed is the biggest hardcore band in the world. You're playing these massive arenas and big shows and stuff. I see violence as like the ultimate sign of respect. <laughs> when like <laughs> when playing this inherently violent music, that's that's the ultimate sign that I've done my job. You know, is like this. This uh, this riff was so hard that you're beating the shit out of that guy. Thank you. That's awesome. Do you see that as re- as respect, or are you bummed? Like now. Um, it depends. I think in in whenever I've had like um outbursts, or I've had to go into the crowd mm. and um grab somebody or yell at somebody or whatever. I I can see. I'm not stupid. Like I know yeah. when there's punk punk shit being happening. You know, of I course. think it was Vermont. Um, you know, watching this kid like target the smallest, weakest kid like that's multiple different, times. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. Um, I think it was Vermont. You know, you, you know by by approaching them, you know you're opening a door where there is no um learning experience to be had. They're sure. going to double down. They've already, they're so deep in this hole, this punk, just shitty hole that 
they're not going to go, hey, man, I was wrong. Sorry. They're going to go, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. It's on next time I see you. All this fake yeah. bullshit nonsense. Mm -hmm. So you know what you're getting into. That's the type of shit where I go, this is not what I was intending mm -hmm. with the music. Sometimes that sorts itself out. That's There's some oh. natural selection. In as hardcore it, now, that's that's sorts it itself out every time. That's absolutely what, how it should be. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, but it's different now because there's accountability, and then everybody's got phones, and then it's actually like really, like um, it's it's kind of like I dare I say, it's normal to like snitch on yeah. that type Dude. of behavior or whatever. And you don't, they don't even know that they're doing it by recording this shit. Mm -hmm. It's great. Right. Stop recording fights. <laughs> like, I'm so glad that we're not like, I'm so glad we're past that. Like, I'm so glad we're not like the, the, the exposure to the normies. Like yeah. whenever I see these clips and then normies are seeing it and they're losing their mind or it's like becoming the, viral. The yeah. I'm so clip. glad speed, it's not us. mind force the like the gods yeah. hate dive. Those yeah, are all yeah. things that like, Oh, by the way. Sees, and he's like, what the fuck? Sick. By the way, I the wanted to man. debut. When is this going to air? This Two, Thursday. Thursday. All right. I wanted to debut our new shirt on this show. I think I could just send it to you and you can send do it to me. Here it is. Look at this shirt. Share. Oh, well, um, dude. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Incredible. Pre-orders martyr on Thursday when this airs, martyrstore.net. Get your pre-order in. Um, and just hit me up, whoever the photographer is. It's Ramon from Knotfest. All right. So we'll, you're good. We'll make sure we hit you off with a check. Don't Dude, don't get no crazy. All right. Way. Dude. Unbelievable. Don't, no. We'll, we'll make sure the photographer gets a check. And if the photographer wants to send me the high res, we'll make the shirt look even nicer. But I did think it was funny with the low. Um, Dude, it's funny in low, and I love the phone yeah right here showing exactly what it's very meta jamie wow. i we're we're honored we're, does we're Nate honored. know this does brody know this no i just sent it to well the, this is to one the, of the best modern okay. show photos it scientifically is yeah and you know we we've done the hate breed logo we've done god saving the hate breed logo we covered the whole under the knife seven inch i think I think you 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 deserve this one. Yeah. You know? well, and you and you guys even did the mistake, like the yeah. where the song where you did the action like the version where it gets cut off, which was hard. We that did was, we we did we were true off. to the seven inch. Everybody was like, yeah. "Where's uh, where's not one truth?" And we're like, "Motherfucker, <laughs> not on the seven inch." It's filth. I think like the measure gets cut off because of the mastering or whatever. So it does. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. We yes, it was very conscious. I'm glad. I'm, yeah, I'm, no. I'm glad That's we didn't talk about this. Thank, thank, shout out to Wayne. Wayne is the one who really he noticed Thanks, that. Thanks, Wayne. He, Wayne's always got my back. So um, let's let's talk about now the thing that I was mistaken about the time in between. How do you follow up satisfaction? And was there pressure or was there, there was so much time that you were writing and doing your market research in your brain? You know? Well, yeah, without the internet, it was, well, it was there, but it was, we didn't know about it. We were just here. Yeah. Like we would go to Richmond and we're like, man, these motherfuckers in Richmond, they got money. Like they could afford a computer. And they're telling us what they're saying on the computer. And it was like mind boggling to us. Like they would tell us like what was, and we we're like, where do you see this? Like, what is this? Like, we didn't get it. And they right. would say, 
that you know we sold out. We're like, but the record's not out. Like we're not even. Yeah, what like, do you mean? What like they're gonna because do. you signed? Had you already signed to Universal at the time? I don't even know. I I just remember thinking, oh no, it was because we did the Danzig tour. That was like a big no no because wow, really it was. It was um it wasn't even that much of a ticket. Like I want to say the tickets were 18 bucks. Then that was double mm. or or even maybe triple than some of the shows that we were doing. So I could see that complaint, but we were like, yo, the band is called Hate Breeder. You know, it's yeah. Danzig. He wrote Murder. Yeah. He wants to take us out. Like he's we're not getting it. We're getting the tour because he wants us to do the tour. Like that's pretty cool. We had heard horror stories about him. Yeah. yeah, but he chose us, and he was taking like six feet under, and he was going to put us on the Sam Hain Danzig tour. Is he? Is he cool? He was always cool to us. He get and and rest in peace, Todd Youth. Todd would let us stay at his hotel room if they were leaving. Um, really? Joey C. Joey C. was in the band, you know, who's in Circle Jerks and was in Queens mm-hmm. of the Stone Age. Like the whole band was cool. Um, Lazy was cool. Like we had a good time on the tour, and um, and we had to like there was. There was nights where we had to help Danzig out. That was when you, we saw, like, oh, this is when your whole fan base is persnickety. Like, a lot mm. of the, like, we were like, this is so weird. They're here, but they don't like him. Or, like, they're here. They paid the money to get in the show, but they're, like, heckling him. Like, it was weird. Did they not like the new, whatever new album was or what? That's I so don't bizarre. know. It was, there would be, like, issues where that was when I first got the whole mental illness and the stalking thing. Mm. And I was like, oh, now I get it. Why dude just goes to the bus or goes to, cause there would be times where their, their tour manager, shout out to Gary, uh, coach, we would call him. He'd be like, boys, can you go out and just make sure the shit's cool? And this, this dude needs to get punched in the face. This dude needs to get, just push this fool. And, and we would go out there and try to just make sure like these fans, you know, weren't, um, going to do something crazy. Cause Sean he had Martin. that. Sean Martin was running Danzig protection. For the no just just the, looking out like you know what i okay. mean like just 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 in case i can i can hear sean being like yeah whatever dude i don't give a fuck it's fucking dancing yeah <laughs> yeah plus we're plus we're like why are why are people doing this like this is weird so that That's you so start bizarre it was that was a really good time to to see haters in real life mm, and just yeah. witness it and witness human behavior and go all right yeah this is what you don't want to be this is what you yeah. don't want. You don't want to be fixated on someone and go to their show and bother oh. them. Like you don't want to do this. Like use this as an example. That what? is that's mental illness for sure. <laughs> um, so Danzig tour being a turning point isn't what in and so ninety seven to two thousand two was was satisfaction or perseverance. But but also the rollover. You see the rollover. That was important because a lot of these kids. We would have people from older bands go like, don't worry about it. Like the kids that are hating on you, they're not going to be around in two years. And they weren't. The real people stay around. The real fans like stay around and support. So, and, and Soulfly, that was a big one too. Soulfly neurosis. And that was only a year after satisfaction. That was 98, right? That was really big because that was the trial by fire of like, oh, you got to match the prices. You got to do this. You got to do that, you know? And it was... And, and that was another one where it was like Max, you know, he had like the stalkery kind of thing going on too. Like people, you go, wow, these are your fans, but they, but they're acting weird and they're saying shit out of the side of their neck and like, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that was a learning experience. And I know everything is cool now. Like whatever we went through, it's all water under the bridge. I, I said what I had to say back then because I thought it was weird that, uh, you know, Max was just going straight to the bus. Still does. now. Yeah. But now I, you, I get it. Like yeah, you your, it, right? your, yeah. your sobriety is on the line. Your life is on the line. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, same thing, same thing with Dimebag. That guy was there and was saying, I'll be back and I'll kill everybody. He was there at Bogart's mm. and, um, multiple that changed people, a tried, lot. multiple people tried to get him out of the venue and wow. couldn't. And this guy had like superhuman strength. And um, JC, shout out to JC. I think he got him out. He he put him in like an old maflata and like dragged him down. Like he got him in some sort of jujitsu move, but he didn't. He didn't go unconscious. Mm. This guy and that was the guy who ended up coming back and killing him. So unreal. That all was like, all right, yeah, you got it. This whole business has to change. People don't get it because they just see their little scene yeah. and their people that they know. And they want to generalize, sure. but you really can't, you, you don't know until you've been there and you've seen it and you see the, the real dark side to that shit. That was rise of brutality too. So that was another one where we followed up quickly because again, we knew that changing of the guard was coming Dude, yeah. one year. Yeah, how'd one you year. do that? That's crazy. I want to stick on perseverance for, for a bit, but how'd you do that? After five we had years, to. we didn't have a choice. We just had to because it, the wait was so long in between and that that turnover was about to happen. And we knew we had gotten a call and it was like Slayer's going to give you the like the basically the ultimate warrior moment. Yeah. Wow. Fuck. And it was like it's going to the tour's going to be in October. It's going to be the Jaeger tour and Jaeger's going to uh, cut a check, too, and they're going to market it. So you had and, to have this record ready. Yeah. And, and we had already done some stuff. So it was, and it was really good. And that was a big thing was like, when we had heard the bands that said no, we were like, are they fucking crazy? Like go out there and look the people in the eye and fucking get it done. But some people at that time, it was still scary. I think also because on Diabolus, they had, they had taken clutch and tried some different things, taken system of a down. And those bands did get um, a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say a bad reaction, but like enough resistance where but then they popped over, you know, eventually. Yeah. Eventually, but like yeah. Mashuga and sick of it all. I went to that show because I was like, I'm going to go and flyer the fucking show. We were bummed because sick of it all got it over us. But we're like, hey, if you're going to lose the tour to anybody, you might as well lose it to one of the goats, you know, who kicked down doors for us. Yeah. But they had a hard time. It was not like it was not the reaction that I expected, mm. but again, it's like, okay, I can kind of see what we need to do to avoid the same type sure. of reaction. And then, and then, then that, that was the Jaeger tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then once we got it, we were like, finally we got it. And then they took right. us all over the world. Then that, that even bled into Oh five. Right. Cause we did unholy Alliance, but right. they had the ultimate warrior moment. They gave Slipknot the ultimate warrior yes. moment. So we Flip got to took you guys a, a, a ton, right? At that time. Yeah. And that, Sean that really helped that. our case. Them taking us in 2000 and getting us on Ozfest that really helped our case with Slayer. Wow. Wow. Because Flip that not. was, those Flip were building blocks. Back, 
this show is a is a gift from Slipknot, basically. Yeah, you know? yeah, we can't say it. So. Well, Slipknot and Slayer because and and Soulfly because if you think yeah. about Soulfly, really popped off before Slipknot, and yeah, they, yeah. Slipknot really rode that wave and really surpassed all those new metal bands, surpassed Limp Bizkit, surpassed Corn, surpassed Machine. By being way harder than than all of them. Yes. Way more And incorporating blast beats and and then also having the cred. Like they were at the show. They were they were front row singing empty promises. They were at Milwaukee Metal Fest. They were they were doing other things. But also um you know Tattoo the Earth, even though it was a festival, by them partnering with Slayer and then also showing that they could do all these numbers in these non-traditional venues. Mm-hmm. It just helped everybody the next two summers, because by that point we knew we could ride it another two years into getting perseverance out. We just had mm-hmm. to survive another summer, stay above water. And then when they, you know, when we, when Mashuga and us were up for the second stage, it was whoever you know, sold more records was going to get like the slot right before uh, down. And then I think we ended up selling a little bit more and then we got the slot right before down, you which was the, a great, the, this is, this is rise of brutality or perseverance. Well, this is perseverance. Okay. Um, this was 2002, but, but so I, th- I don't think without that reaction at Ozfest 2002 mm. and, and admittedly it was the perfect slot, right? Because sure. Um, down probably got paid way more money to close that stage. They had to bear the brunt of people heading towards the main stage. And oh, then yeah. with Meshuggah being, you know, the type of band that they are, it's more thinking man's metal. Um, it's yeah. different time signatures and they're mm-hmm. one of the greatest ever to do it. But mm-hmm. we putting us in between those two bands that are, that are just a totally different vibe. Um, it just added to this reaction of hard pitting everybody, you know, getting the logo tattooed, get, you know, buying the merch, really creating this groundswell, but it then became a case for us to, you know, get those Slayer tours um, and not lose it to, yeah, you know, bands that were, you know, comparable at the time. You worked, you busted your ass to the point where Slayer had to have you rather than <laughs> fighting for it. Well, we had heard, like, that was a big deal. Like, we had heard, like, oh, Slayer played Salt Lake. My buddy called me from Salt Lake and was like, dude, fucking Slayer was here last night. They were wearing your shirt. Kerry King was wearing your shirt. Hanneman had a sticker on your guitar. On his guitar, like, it was a big deal. But that was still in the, I mean, yeah, I had an email, but I didn't, like, check it. It was, like, free. It came with a disc. Like, it came in the mail. AOL, (laughs) yeah. It was, like, he dialed it up. Like, my stepmom was, like, showing me how to work it. Um. (laughs) <laughs> they they FedExed me a picture of like him on stage with the shirt. I was like, wow. I guess Victory had sent him the shirt or whatever. So it was like luck meeting preparedness. Mm. It was like just grind it out, grind it out, and then you know have them give you the cosign, which every was, band needs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Was was getting off Victory a reason behind Perseverance taking so long? Yes. Yeah. Because they had to Mm -hmm. buy us out of the contract and that took forever. And there was other shit like, and and it just goes, you know, I know I've been saying it for years and years. It was like, this is why you have to have a good attorney. Mm -hmm. You never want to sign deals in perpetuity. You never want to sign away your publishing. You never want to sign. Like, I don't think any of these contracts should even be longer than five years. Mm -hmm. Agreed. 
uh, because victory didn't have any hand in getting us on these tours. And, you know, all those bands, they subsequently signed, they signed with our money. Yes. So, and they signed like it was, uh, Scott would tell us about uh, when, when victory signed buried alive, um, saying like he was unhappy tony was unhappy with the mix because it didn't sound like satisfaction <laughs> yeah see for, he, for, he didn't like our he didn't like our record because we didn't do gang vocals we were like nah, uh, you already got strife like we're just doing our own thing like we're not gonna and um wow. and he was like you gotta have the gang vocals and we're like no it's it's gotta be different and we love strife i still love strife but they, they already got had one, that. You got not one truth. They got one truth. Yeah. So which which one is it? You know? Yeah. I go with I mean, not one truth. Personally. See, that line we had before they had one truth. Because it was like. Yeah, it was it on was, your demo. It was something. But it was something like that had to do with the Hieronymus Bosch artwork. I forget. It was mm. like. Hieronymus Bosch, I think it's been in the public domain for, I don't know, 300 years. And that was a mm-hmm. thing I learned about. I was like, oh, you could use the, you could oh. use this art that's in the public domain. It's all ours, dude. Any military imagery, public domain. But there was like articles written about him. Like this is back in the microfiche and in the library days. Oh, wow. And so there would be captions to the paintings or there would be like art critics talking about the paintings and what um uh inspired the paintings or i forget and i just remembered i wrote that down out of uh um I f- it was like yeah it was so you saw one way. truth on some painting and you were like that's bullshit. no no the quote was there is not one truth oh okay. cast into stone only lies cast into flames and it was a it was accompanying this um, like a painting. It was like a Hieronymus Bosch, Bosch, oh. like of painting. And I said to the screen printer, "Yo, I want to use this on a shirt." It was a shirt before it was a song, just like destroy wow. everything. Wow, wow. Like you that's said, that's, that's horse war. in front of the cart, right there, or other way around. But you know what I mean. Wow. It was like it was like some anti-biblical shit or or something. And, I, and so so I was using that as like the hook. You know, like oh, yeah, you gotta yeah, have yeah. a hook. There was multiple people who were who were purveyors of the hook early on. Gotta I love a hook, dude. John Popper. <laughs> oh yeah. Job pre-op Johnny Pop. <laughs> you go pre-op. Pre-op Johnny Pop is the best. He can go. <laughs> Why is is all of Perseverance tuned down to C? Yeah. Was, was that a was that a conscious decision for that record or is satisfaction C sh- it's a standard for sure right the the tunings is a weird thing that again goes back to the demo because the demo i think is slightly out of tune mm-hmm. so just tuned to itself like whatever uh, i'm in this okay. right Pantera? right yeah yeah right they used to call it texas tuning or whatever yeah nice a- A4 the the once you get in you have to have like a real tuner and you go you have to put a battery in it or whatever you gotta plug it in like then the shit changes i just left that to the guitar players like even now (laughs) um you know i i prefer i actually prefer the higher tunings now yeah Mm. hey man metallica and even slayer they're only what slayer yeah yeah 
Look at Municipal. When they started popping off, I felt like, yeah, if you're coming up with hooks, if you're coming up with hard riffs and hooks and standard tuning, like you're you're like it's a show off. Like you're like, I don't need to be tuned to Q. Like that I'll is just... the thing. I mean, if if your riff is hard in E standard, it's objectively hard. Mm. If yeah. you don't have to tune it down for it to, to for me to spin kick, <laughs> you do, you've done something. Yeah. Great. You've done I mean, something dude, great. I'm I'm from the era where like people were bummed on Wolverine Blues. They were bummed on Heartwork. And you go, what, are you out of your mind? <laughs> That's crazy. Like, what is wrong with you? But that yeah, was it's, the it's, thing. It was like it's no, there's no grind. Like listen to necroticism, necroticism. Listen to, you know, and you're like, bro, they're coming with hooks. They're coming with hits. Like this is hard. Like, it, Barry I got dreams, a problem bro. with straight up embodiment. We would do we would do that on our Josta shows, like on our Josta and Friends tour. We would do that. We would fucking come out to that. And I would intro the band. <laughs> people would be like, what, awesome. what is he doing? What uh wh when did you have the idea to start Rise of Brutality with the, the Perseverance outro? This is probably Colin's like favorite thing. Yo, you oh, this shaped my brain the way that i look at music <laughs> i perceive music differently when i when i heard the Rise brutality start i was like oh, wait shit. i've heard this yeah wait what? so so there was a who did it shit actually it might have been bad brains did bad brains do it i against i uh somebody else had done it now i'm gonna fuck yes. it up you might have to just come we might have to put this in the show notes because i don't didn't I don't they, no, didn't they re-record I Against I on Quickness? Uh, let me, they, okay. they did it on Quickness and I Against I for sure. It's no, the but, I Against I intro. And I remember this because Mackie plays it fucking wild. Mackie's somebody like, had a closer. Da, 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 da. Somebody had like a closer outro that went into the opener on the next album. I got to figure it out. I, I want to make sure I give them the props. It doesn't look like it's Bad Brains. At least on the Shit. Shit, I'm not sure then. Damn it. It's gonna bother me too because it's right on the tip of my tongue. I forget who it was, but I remember I remember hearing it and going, Oh my god, that's fucking genius. And then it, and I think it was a quick follow-up too. Mm. Um I mean the eye against eye intro is on quickness. So that could be what you're thinking about. That I know for a fact. Yes. Is it? Yes. Because okay. Mackie plays it way crazier. Than it than it is on I I can say it's very concise on and like two it sounds like it's to a click track quickness there's not a fucking chance that is to right a click track. right okay it could have been them and I think it's somebody else uh, somebody John uh, Thompson in the, in the chat says yes. doesn't both throw also do the same thing and they oh. might have been it might the have been. cenotaph Maybe. intro is on ten different record. times Damn. right and it, it, it they always put it in front of like. The, the best song. The song. It's so sick. You have, let me ask you a crazy question, Jamie. You have a favorite riff you've ever ripped off? Just the famous ones, you know, like when Tombed, we, that was our big thing. Like that was like, because when we got the tour, you know, we were like, oh my God, you know, because back then you would get an earworm, even if it wasn't like on purpose, you're jamming it. And then someone would be like, Oh shit, we gotta change it. But then you change it yeah. so that it's not a direct riff. Right. Or not a direct rip. But when they gave us the cosign, that was like the ultimate honor. Rest yeah. in peace, LG. Just past two years since we lost LG. That's right. Um, 
but that's got to be my favorite one. But also, it's a good one. Um, was Demon Puritan? Down, no, down, 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 down. no, we 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 did. Um, I think, like, we would take like a snippet, mm-hmm. like just a turn. Because I don't know if you ever heard the thing where we would say like the 203 or we would use the area code because I didn't know like, oh, this is C or this is D or this is F. I would just do the fret. I mean, I'm the same way. I I say that. um, So for riff similar, I'm like, all right, change up the turn. You go, all right, give me like a 310. Give me a fucking give me a give me a Maryland. Give me a Baltimore, like a Balt, like a four. (laughs) Give me a Western Mass, like a 413. I've used an 818 a couple of times. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Kings of the it. Black Throne wrestling song is, is 818. And that's wow. why I did that. Um, I say that, oh, that myself and uh, Connecticut residents have 0134 flowing through our veins. That's our blood type. There you go. Oh, that's a great turn. <laughs> it's in yours. Let me tell you. It's you might have put a, it in mine personally. Yeah, it's a true. it's a great one. I like a seven one. I like a seven one five or like a fucking a seven o five. Seven o is is yeah, that's sure. the that's maybe the greatest hack there ever was. Oh seven oh seven. Yeah, they'll never know that's you're duping them with that one. <laughs> and that's the same thing. Well, what did your dad you say know, when you go to the six, Colin? What's your dad saying? My dad says three chords, great song. Two chords, masterpiece. Yes. And that, that's a great The O and the seven, one chord. One chord. <laughs> look There's at, the song. Look at Orgasmatron. Um, yeah, what is that? One? <laughs> What's the, the blood for blood song? Uh, waiting for the moment is, is uh two notes, I think. That, other than the the uh na 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 na. It's just that's all. That's a good one. What when Great. we toured with Damage Plan, uh, we were in Des Moines and Dime was like, Man, man, fucking perseverance is so hard. He's like, Did y'all did y'all like, you know, maybe like did did, did you get that like from the end of domination? And like or what like what was the like how did you fall on like that pattern? And I was like, I was just trying to jam some shit like Helmet Meantime. And he was like, me too. And so like we both Whoa. Wow. We, we both owed um Helmet a sandwich. Um, yeah, but there yeah. was there was a lot of bands that I mean, there was even bands that had fallen onto that kind of like the Earth Crisis, especially. I, I had told I had even said to Dime, like, you ever hear Earth Crisis Firestorm? It's basically like rain and blood. But just without the fucking lick, like, and it's you put Dimebag Daryl onto Firestorm. He hadn't heard them, um, but he was he had a great like. He was the one who really like um, made me think like, yeah, you gotta have a playlist before you go out. Like, you really gotta get pumped up. Like, I used to wow. always get stressed out because I would be dealing with the guests or I'd be dealing with like. You know, all these dudes who show up who want to be on the guest list and then they want to be in the dressing room. That was mm. the first time where I was like, oh, wow, they have it locked down where they're just vibing so they could go out and have a great show. And I would go in there while they were vibing and they would have everything from like, because we, we really bonded on Halford Resurrection because mm. I got that fucking cassette single. And um, at Phoenix Records, shout out to Phoenix Records and Waterbury, I got that cassette single and I was like, whoa, Halford is going hard. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, don't like you should just go harder. You shouldn't yeah. try to go more commercial. Always go harder. Just go harder. It's a Be it's harder. a recipe for success. 
and Halford. Preach. So, and then he showed, so he, I heard him playing resurrection and I bust in there. I'm like, Oh my God, I fucking love this record. And he shows me the Halford tattoo. And, um, and then we started talking about prong. I was like, Oh, snap your finger, snap your neck. We talk, talked, talked mm. about helmet. We talked about, um, obviously like, you know, biohazard machine head like all the bands that they took on tour sepultura i love it i love to hear yeah, that he loved all that shit i got something for you when we toured with cannibal corpse hate eternal was direct and eric rutan of morbid angel hate eternal now cannibal corpse and recorded all their fucking shit said that when perseverance came out he listened to it every day for two years wow Dude, I, that's awesome. That's high praise coming from the master. Straight but up. When, and, we, do, and when was, we do the documentary, we got to get him in it. Him and Ben Falgu from um, Goathorn, Soylent Green, like Ben broke his legs and like thought he wasn't going to walk again. And he said he listened to the record. I was like, dude, this is like, I was like, you got to say this in our documentary and make us look cool. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. But it's, yeah, you're Rutan, Perseverance is basically auditory DDP yoga. It's the yeah, same thing. <laughs> that's, that, that's awesome. That, dude, that's yeah, the best Rutan thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah, man, I fucking hate breed, man. <laughs> like he was, he was. That was what we bonded over, cause like, wow, us and Hate Eternal would share green rooms often on that tour, and it was just like, oh, you guys are in, in the hardcore, are you into hate breed? And we were like, yeah, <laughs> and that was <laughs> that was where it went, Dude, you know. That's every great. day He's for the two best. years. We that we we took Hate Eternal on Rise of Brutality. That was a big thing, you know. We wanted to, cause a lot of we had gotten away from that for a couple of years of trying to unite the scenes, but that was a lot of the bands that we had come up playing with. Like we play, you know, we would open for um, suffocation or we would play with internal bleeding, play with um, yeah. uh, a lot of the death metal bands. And I would book a lot of the death metal shows too. So when we got to take out, we wanted to do a half hardcore, half death metal bill. So we did terror, mad ball, cephalic carnage, hate eternal. And that was a great tour. We had an amazing time. Um, yeah, Rutan is a legend. He's the best. I really hope that for next year, we tried really hard to get Hate Eternal on Milwaukee Metal Fest. Mm. Um, and I, I have notes me. here. I have notes here. I got to plug that. Bio, original Biohazard lineup, first show back. Friday, May 26th, Milwaukee Metal Fest. Get your tickets. And, How about um, you want to send us like a like an ad copy thing, and we'll I'll, I'm, I'll put it in with the ads in the middle of the episode. Yeah, yeah Sure, yeah, and we'll give you we'll some tickets to give good. away and stuff too. Oh, that'd be um, huge. Dude, that crushes me. It's an hour and a half away from Chicago. Our dear friend, both of us, our dear friend is getting married that weekend. Yeah. We, we tr yeah, because we tried. We I thought like Tim had reached out to your guys. Yeah, no, tried. we didn't get anything. Probably would have missed the winner. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. Uh, but um I have a I have a new segment I wanna I wanna try today, Jamie, if that's okay with you. Yeah. This segment is called How the Fuck Did You Write That? Um <laughs> You know, you know the song Doomsayer? Yes, there's a video. How the fuck did you write that? There's a video. You can pull it up and share it on about, YouTube. About how you wrote Doomsayer? Yep. It's um I was jamming with Chris from Poison the Well. Cause I what? said, dude, I got this fucking riff. And I remember I tried to show it to Sean, like maybe in the back lounge on that tour or so like and I and I had the um the pre-chorus. Oh, I was oh, that was when we were like, oh, we gotta have a bridge. Like it, it was like you can't just have riff chorus, riff chorus breakdown. You gotta have different arrangements. You gotta have a bridge. Or you gotta well, have what a did you what was the riff you had that you Let's started? Let's see. It, someone wanna pull up the video. I'll find it. Um you could just do um 
I think you could just do just a doomsayer. Someone sent me the video and I was like, who posted this? It, it might have been. It had to have been Chris from Poison the Well or someone. Who Did you have who the breakdown it. section first? Is that what you had? Because that is I, that's in my top three. And this is we can segue into that for you. Top three spin kick riffs of all time <laughs> is Doomsday. Man, you, what do I owe you for all this? I mean, this is you, you're you know, this is it. You, you did it you by it. by coming on. You this this is it. This is an um, finding. Oh wait, Jamie Hapred writing and playing Doomsayer in 2002. Yeah, there yeah. was like video. Can you share you that video? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, we can. I'll pop it in now. Here it is. Here's Jamie writing Doomsayer. I'll put it in the chat for everybody too. Yeah. Wasn't that incredible? <laughs> I we enjoyed that so much watching that. Dude, you know what's funny about that segment, Colin? The first what's note that? I have on this for this episode is the voice, comma, how. <laughs> how do you, and Colin, I think you tweeted about it when you guys toured together. Hmm. Jamie, oh, you, you of, summon. You summon the satisfaction the satisfaction voice, voice like on oh, a Oh, see, that tour, no, I was having a really rough time on that tour. I had gone and got scoped before that because I was on this, like, hot sauce kick for months. <laughs> and... Whenever I used to do a thing where when I would get a check or I would get like something would happen, I would have a little money and I, it would like old me would come out and I would be like, okay, you got to get like, it's, it's that feast or famine like mentality it was like, oh, okay, you got to like get fat. You got to eat. You got to like be ready for the winter because the famine is going to come and you want to <laughs> be prepared for the famine. Now it's not sure. how you're supposed to live your life. You're not supposed to, <laughs> no. but However, right before that tour, I was freaking out, stressed out. And I was like having like, oh, I'm going to go to get scoped. And they're going to say I got throat cancer or whatever. I was just freaking out. When I went there, the guy was like, yo, you have all this erosion. You got to stop eating all this spicy food. You got to like sleep on this pillow. You got to stop with the coffee. And I, I really, I've never been so depressed in my life. <laughs> As that trying- tour we did? trying to give up coffee right before that tour. Oh, oh. And I've heard it's brutal. I won't it's, do it. I won't. It's, I'll die. It's, I'd rather burn it out. Oh, it is. It's really bad. I'm weaning myself down now, and it's really Why? bad. Why it's have bad. a worse life? No, but, but, but so when you guys, someone else had said to me on that tour, like, was that with Code Orange? Yeah, yeah, it was the, Dying the, Fetus. The first one was Code Orange. Maybe we did, two. We, did so, we did satisfaction first and then it was perseverance. Right. Okay. So may, someone else had said it to me like, Oh, you, you switch your voice over that. I go, no, that's just compensating for trying to be able to do the hour plus set mm. and going easier. And so that tone on satisfaction is because I needed to get through the record. I only had X amount of days That's crazy to do it. And I didn't want to be totally blown out. So it's like it's just like dialing it back a little bit. That's why I was blown away when people said, "Oh, it, I like the vocals better." Dude, on- it never sounded like you were dialing it back. It sounded like you were doing Josta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like ninety-seven Josta. Wow. 
Well, speaking of doing, I got, I think I got better on this last run because I weaned, I stopped with the coffee at like 11. I stopped at like three cups, then nothing <laughs> acidic. Okay. Right. Yeah, then sure. I would do the, the Arnica. I know people are tired of me talking about Arnica, but shout out to Ann Wilson. She told me about the Arnica. It just helps with the inflammation. What, what, what's kind of funny. And I don't know if this is still the case in hardcore is like bands will do 15 minute sets. 20 minute yeah. sets, especially Love on it. festivals. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So when you're going hard for 15 minutes, that's easy. Yeah. But yeah. when you got to do a 75 minutes or 90 minutes and you got to do it multiple nights in a row and you're not 20 or you're not 25, you're not 30, you end up having to go to see an ENT and they go, <laughs> yo, what are you doing? Are you fucking crazy? Like, this is crazy. So right before that, I they put me on the shit. I'm off of it now. I don't even want to say the name of it because I've heard okay. it causes like people uh, bile duct problems and and stomach acid problems. And I had heard of people trying to get off this drug, and it's just mm. a it's like a I guess it's like a proton pump inhibitor or something, where mm. it just stops the production of the acid and it throws your whole body chemistry off. We don't um, need that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but. Actually, Jesse from Killswitch was telling me about it. Like, oh my God, it's so so getting off that and getting off the caffeine was a challenge. And I did everything. Like I did the licorice. I did all the natural shit. Um, DGL is one you could look up that helps with uh that helps with acid reflux. And when we did this last tour, my voice was stronger because I didn't have the acid reflux. Now, since I've been home. I'm putting fucking Florida Frank shit on my shit. That's I'm right. putting fucking Doyle's fucking shit. Like, That's I can't right. do that. I have to cut that off like a month or two before the tour. Wow. I haven't tried Frank's, but Doyle's hot sauce is pretty good. It's amazing. <laughs> it's pretty it's amazing. Good. It's yeah. not even you hot. You love hot it's sauce, flavorful. Jamie? Jamie, that's I, your big vice, hot sauce? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm off of it. I just been okay. hitting it lately. Frank's Red Hot, Louisiana. I don't have many in the house, but my daughter never liked anything spicy, and now she's mm -hmm. liking spicy shit. So, you're fucked, dude. You know? We sent a, a few in the proud tape demo to Stillborn. I just remembered, like 15 years ago, <laughs> dude. And did it get did it get unloaded in my current? Can we plug my Depop right now? Because everything's <laughs> getting unloaded. Absolutely, the whole storage room is getting unloaded. And actually, I want to shout out um, Bruce from push button warfare and hunter demons because i was going to just Bruce show you. the I page friend of the show friend of the show i want to show up because uh i found a box of these i'm sending bruce half and the other half will go up on the store I just, the other half needs to go to me whatever <laughs> it is we're, um, we're half uh of which i will take we're literally unloading so apologies to anybody who's sent me shit throughout the years i can't i can't pay for five storage rooms anymore fuck <laughs> Oh, but I found 400 of these 400. Yep. Oh, I do. I found so much because this, some of the stuff has not been, uh, has not seen the light of day since the old office in 2009. And then before we moved to the old office in 2009, we moved it from, I think the one in 2004. Wow. Wow. Shout out to Bruce. Bruce, we love you. But I'm sending Bruce a box so of these much. and then the other ones will go up on my Depop and, um, um, but yeah, I, any demos, a lot of the demos originally when we started on Gas Digital, we put them up, we digitized them. Like we put them in Pro Tools. We would do like little remixes and where we would do mastering jobs and we put them up as bonus content on Whoa. Gas Digital. Wow. Um, Metal Blade once told me that they never signed a submitted demo ever. 
Really? I found Never one, once. like, a, I found a demo from Cave-In with, like, a nice letter. It was like, we liked the Integrity Hatebreed split. Check out our demo. <sighs> you could have had them. You could have had Cave-In. You could have had, had the best band ever. <laughs> who, knows uh, if, wanna, who knows if it would have got to that point, you know, because you got to yeah. offer the band's deals and stuff. But That's right. Do you want to do lightning round fan questions? Yeah, let's do this real fast. We're going to rip through real these quick, yeah. questions from the hard lore universe to Jamie Johnson. Let's do you it. Wanna, I'll rip the Twitter. You rip you the do IG. Twitter. I'll do Instagram. Yeah. Go for Favorite it. venue in CT, past or present? Oh, it's got to be the skate park. <sighs> Bristol? Yeah, it's. I guess it's done. It's fully done now, I think. It's closed. That's sold. my birthplace. I don't know if you know that. Born in yes. Bristol. Bristol Shout Hospital. out to Shout out uh, to favorite venue in the world. <laughs> favorite venue in the world? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. I mean, it, the, a lot of bands scene. like venues for stupid shit. Like, we used to like the Norva just because they had a hot tub. And then we okay. were like, we we're like, why go in that hot tub? Like, you just got fucking scabies or whatever. Like, oh, yeah. Or what, right. You know what I mean? You're sitting in egg drop soup. Oh, God. I mean, uh, yeah, that's disgusting. Uh, more ice pick ever? Oh, hey, never, never, yo, shout out to Danny D. Uh, we did remaster it. We found the drives. We I thought we lost the masters when I lost my drives, and I had wow. to send I had to send my drives to actually had to send it to San Fran to a forensic um detective. Uh, yeah, like a company that goes in and and fixes the data. Wow. But Zeus actually found shout out to Zeus. He and I just talked to Danny D about this. Uh, Zeus found the files, slapped a little remaster on it, and I think what we're gonna do is we we'll put it up first on Digital. on Bandcamp and shit, yeah, and yeah, do some yeah. merch. People are begging for it to be on Spotify. I got a lot yeah, of that. Yeah, we got to get that done now. That also now that everything from the old distribution deal is in the past, I think we're good to go. So, all right, here's a good one. After touring for so long, what are some non-negotiable comforts that you won't tour without? Mm. Are there just any See, little things that you need I on just, the rider? No, or I just your bag? just chapstick, but I just bring my own. Yeah, but <laughs> that's oh, the one. Chapstick. Have you tried? Have chapstick, you ever tried to go without chapstick? I don't use it. Yeah, I've never used chapstick in my life. You don't don't start because they try. That's to get what I'm saying. It's yeah, a psyop. Yeah, 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 totally. Same it with is. deodorant. <laughs> you start using deodorants, and then you stink. It's it's there's something wrong with this shit and you're putting oh, aluminum in your body and shit. But no, Dude. uh yeah, just a oh, glass bottle water. I need the glass bottle mm, water now. The That's the thing. Still or sparkling? I'll do mostly still, but I I fuck with some sparkling, especially you like with sparkling a little drop of dessert. like lime juice, Whoa. a little fucking cranberry in that ass. We didn't ask him any food stuff. Yeah, I just I got a great one. What's your McDonald's order? Fish fillet, extra tartar, or you slap another fucking slice on there. Slap another slice of cheese. Extra, Go double cheese, cheese extra double tartar. Cheese. That way you know they got to make it fresh. I have had it where they just Dude, oh my rip God. it open. You just, are an example of the live moss hardlore mentality. <laughs> we we alter every order because we know that's that's for just for us. Mm-hmm. You will you do something to it. Find that rip in the bun, and then you know they ripped open an old one. Hey, but it is what hey, it is. That's the risk. That's, you know, 1%, whatever. Hit them with the golden arches question. Your I did, hatebreed, what was that? I took, I did lie to Earth Crisis and say that the Shamrock Shakes were vegan. They're still mad about that. I guess they technically were because it's just like plastic and chemicals, but there was like 
fucking milk lecithin or some shit. Yeah, some shit in there. Oh, that's good. <laughs> For Shamrock Shake, it's March, so you got to say right now it's March. F- fish fillet, Shamrock Shake, and you get the apple pie. You dip it in the, the Shamrock <sighs> Shake. You know what? That's that's the what, most original order we've had in yeah. quite some time. Hit him, hit him with the question. Your so Hapreed's flying down the road, right? You got all the time in the world. You're on tour. The bus is approaching one of them signs with all the food exits, you know? What do you see on that sign? No matter what it is, if it's a regional thing, it doesn't matter, that makes you go, hey, driver, hey, kiss, tell them to pull the bus off the road. We got to eat here. Oh, dude, I, I'm not picky. I'll do whatever. But, I love but, stopping for shitty snacks as it what is. What are you excited? I'll, what gets you? What gets J- Jamie Josta excited to eat? I mean... I'll do. I'll fuck up a Flying J like hot bar, like one of the wackest, like most dangerous ones. Like I'll fuck up. I'll fuck up <laughs> churros at love. Taquitos. Yeah, I'll fuck up a fucking cheese filled like sausage at a fucking ta. <laughs> so you'll eat like a Seven Eleven pizza. I have. I don't really like. The, you know what I like at Seven Eleven is the um, the cheese is like the the fucking. What's the thing where it's like, it's um, shit. I, I don't know you the like name the of it. It's almost donut. No, it's almost like a euro. It's almost like a euro sausage. I don't know what the fuck. It, it's not a brat. It might be like a a brat with some like. Is it the cheese filled sauce hot dog thing? I used to be. love a Seven Eleven hot dog. Seven Eleven in Japan is one of the greatest experiences anybody so can oh, have. Dude, that Family Mart in Japan. Yeah, better gyoza than than five star Japanese places here. Michelin star gyoza in the Seven Eleven. Dude, AMPM has like some sort of like ramen bar thing in there where if you zoom in, it's like you're in the never ending story when the the horse goes down. It's like water and fucking grasses coming up and shit. So your answer for the one place you would stop is flying. Excited about. You're no, like, Fuck, I just, yeah, yo, it's Flying J, go. Well, I'm a, you, like, listen, if you're down for the core, you know about, like, a split tape, split seven-inch, split shirt. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, you're down for the split. So, like, back when they split the fucking, when Pepsi bought up all the shit and they were like, fuck it, we're going to fucking save on rent. We'll we'll do a split restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, you split up a fucking KFC. KFC Taco Bell. Oh, KFC dude. Taco Bell Pizza Hut com- combo. That's a great pick. Two, two, two fried breasts. Like we did that like multiple times. Like what was that thing called? It was like double, double down, down. double it's down. It's back. It's back right now. Yeah. So, double down was evil that you, you we got you, that going for us. It, you were dehydrated for weeks after that. <laughs> yeah. It'll take a couple of years off your life. This is a fun question. Who has done the best hate breed cover? I don't know. There's been a lot of good ones recently. Esquila grind did one. I liked mm. the, 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 they did filth um nice. you guys you know that was that was that was nice you got the new generation you know we did the whole thing us. you know it's, i mean that's that's high you know there you go that's a high praise what about and that was uh, fun taylor recorded that for free just because he wanted to hear it. so what, what a guy you and know? just here's one just so that you know you don't have to answer we already went over but just so you know we weren't making this up someone said stories from the satisfaction record release so that, that it's, real it's like a real it's out there in the in the ether that you know. No, and, and listen, I get it. Like if 
somebody's hero moment is another moment where somebody's been bullied and is a victim. Mm, and right. so it's true. Who am I to take someone's experience away from them? <laughs> right? Like, and, and, and somebody being in the wrong. Yeah. In one story, someone's totally justified in another story. And back then melees of the most insane, um, fucking level would happen a lot and you got to just kind of like become numb to it and and not get in the middle of it and just move on to the next gig yeah um but some for some people it's like a life-changing life-defining event for me i had already been like fucking my cheek broken doing the door um you know people trying to rob me of the of the door money i've you know been hit in the head with a bat like i had like <laughs> like at that point you know, I have scars all over my head from just being in from sixth to ninth grade. Like, so at that point, being in a band and being uh, playing shows where, you know, somebody gets punched in the face to me, it was like, Hey, no big deal. Let's figure it out. We, we got a well, next show. You weren't show looking at that at, for what it actually was, where it was like, this moment is, this is this, they're doing this for you. You did that. <laughs> it's you your know? fault. <laughs> you made that happen. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Like, well, well, no, that was that was for you. They said, "Jamie, this is what we're doing. Is we're doing this for you." Jamie, so look, we, we, we love your album. <laughs> I'm gonna beat the shit out of this guy because I love your album. But, but that's if, beautiful. If someone was in the, but if someone was also in the wrong, that was working at the venue, who believes that they're in the right? I mean, Darth Vader is the hero in his own narrative, you know? right? Right. I mean, we, we went through we a whole a, time where the fucking where the villain was. I mean, people loved the villain. So yeah. if, if we have we a thing, were, I'm, I'm so sorry. I was just going to say, if we or our friends or another band on the bill, if we were looked at as the villains because of that. Oh, well, There's nothing villainous. Yeah, you did. Right. You did a great. You did. You did a good job. We, we have a, th a thing real quick with that was our um, an episode a couple times, a couple of weeks ago called the, the Master Killer Tier List. We consider there's good albums, there's great albums, there's Master Killer, which is uh, just a cut above. You know, like albums like Thriller, <laughs> Rain <laughs> and Blood, those are all Master Killer the death tier. Of Desire. Yeah. Satisfaction. Man, what are your I, Master Killer tier record? You know, it used to, I used to be so bummed. I would do the door. You know how many Marauder shows I booked? With like 60 people, 40 people. And I would but go, that's why we're here I doing the Lord's yeah. work. I would go, this is like, have you heard the record? Like they got signed Ascension Media. They toured with Fear Factory. We would put that on the flyer. Yeah. And, toured with and, Fear Factory? Like, we, yeah. Like you would, like, you know what? You would, you give the, the list of shows to the radio station and be like, check this one out. Like, listen to this record. And then the radio yeah. station wouldn't play it. And you would go, yeah, what yeah. the fuck? The production's awesome. The songs are great. It's like, the what best. The fuck? It's so the best production ever. That's so the, I'm some happy of the criteria. That it, yeah. The bottom line we, is that, for every great record, the fan base is out there. Like we, we used to joke, like we would see the, when, when at the gates eventually went on and they, they started the haunted, they, we would see them at festivals and they would be like, hate breed open for at the gates. But at that show, I'm not kidding you. Everybody went outside to smoke for at the gates. And it was like, and I was like, this is insane. Like they're, this is one of the greatest bands ever. They have one of the greatest slaughter of the souls, one of the greatest metal records of, of all time. Would you but say it, it's master killer tier? It's, I would say you might have to do slaughter of the soul tier. Wow. 
It's a different because that's a different show. That's a whole yeah. other episode. That's a whole different a, show. You know, it's a different genre too. So I'll give you that. Yeah. It's a different but genre. But that's okay. No, we but do genres like matter. thriller is man. It's master killer, master thriller. It's a thriller, rumors, master killer. But so we would we would see the haunted. And we would talk about that show because it was it was sick of it all, napalm death at the gates, hate breed sub zero. And maybe there was 150 people at the show. Oh, so pe wow. people will post the flyer now and people are like, oh my God, I would kill to see the yeah. show. But we, you know, when we would see the haunted, um, we would joke around and be like, you know, that like you guys literally started like an entire genre. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like, right after you fucking left and you went back. Yeah. Like a whole scene popped up. We would tell them like yeah. Black Dahlia murder, fucking, I mean, like multiple scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Metalcore, death metal, melodic death, mellow death, whatever yeah. you want to call yeah, it. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, these guys, now they know, obviously, but it was same with Refused. Like we played Hatebreed and Refused in Snapcase. We played and people would went outside for Refused. Yeah. And they kind of sounded like more like Strife back then. Right. Um, if you had told me back then, oh, they're going to go away for 20 years, come back and headline Coachella, I'd be like, you're fucking mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, that, <laughs> but that so, happened so overnight. That's the beauty of music is like, it's going to find the audience. The people that want to hear it, it's going to find them. It might not be now. It might be 10 years from now. That's why when bands get discouraged, I'd be like, don't worry, muse. Don't sweat it. You could be at the gates, or you could be refused in fucking yeah. twenty years. You say Master Killer's coming back. Don't worry, you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, top three hatebreed songs to play a lot. Um, and you know what? It changes. I I'll do every song. I oh, like them all. Can you confirm or deny something? Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have every song in the tank, and you can just no. call them and? Okay, I've because no. we've heard that. You got most of them though. I've seen it happen. I've you know, seen your weird? verbal <laughs> cues on stage where Frank and Frank's on his toes. He don't know what's going, what's happening next, and he's just like, ah. Oh. And then it's per <laughs> there's this. You don't have to speak. The band just knows. We 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 have a lot, but you know what's funny is like now, like there was an album we did and it, it wasn't really well received, and now it's catching on, Which and one? people want to hear it. Um, Divinity of Purpose. Mm -hmm. it's and we're i think we're getting that record back soon like i think the the i don't know for sure but maybe for europe or something like one of the licenses like reverts back to us but like that's one that now i would remix remaster or i would mm -hmm. put out like the other versions of the songs um pe like people will hit us up and be like oh why don't you play time to murder it or why don't you play dead man breathing or why don't you play the and i'm and these are songs that at the time you know some places they just didn't react yeah, mm. but Why now people. Play... Sorry, I keep doing this to you. I'm so sorry. No, Dead Man Breathing is is probably my number one hatebreed track, like post self titled. Really, I, lo I love that song. Mm. See, da -da 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 -da. that song's grown on people, big time. No, I grew on me right away, but I'm I hear it from your mind because we're the same person. I've seen hatebreed <laughs> a bunch. I've never seen you guys play Spitting Venom. It's one of my favorite. Okay, yeah, that's that. that that could come back. We've done it recently. Song, song rips. <laughs> that you um, know what people like self-titled now too. Like people ask us to play Hands of a Dying Man. They ask us to play Merciful Merciless Tide. Um, there's some there's some cuts. You know that that that's uh, we we made the mistake on that record and didn't like my, I call it the Monty Connor trick. Like Monty, shout out to Monty. He said you always go with the Trojan Horse song. You go with the fast heavy song first. 
We should have did that on self-titled. We should have led with Merciless Tide. We actually, it's John Frank's fault. We led with In Ashes, which became a mild hit, but it was um, it was too different at the time. Mm. But Merciless Tide or Pollution of the Soul were, to me, you, you buried them. They were way down there. It's like track 11 and 13 or something. Right? We should have, we, when, when we went with merciless tide as the second track or whatever, then people were like, Oh, okay. Maybe the record will be all right. But you know, you live, you live and you learn. There's no blueprint. You just gotta, I think it'll find its audience. Eventually someone will find the songs and they'll go, that's my, that's my jam. So it's good not to take any of this shit personal. Like when people yeah, don't like it. Absolutely. Um, two questions from Quincy Punks. When are you playing Brockton? <laughs> Shout out to Brockton. Yeah. And so there's a there's a, a theme on on oh. this show that we ask every Let's close guest. with this. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think we've we don't want to take up any more of your time. It's been three hours. Um, we'll, we'll close with this. This is a good one. This is something we ask everybody at this point. The question is, who do you do? Who does Jamie do? Who who were the front men you saw? Three or four guys where you were like, that's that's me. I'm going to do that. Where you subconsciously bring in what they're doing on stage, what they're doing with their voices into what you're doing. Well, a buddy of mine, um, John, we call him Pugs. Shout out to Pugs. He had a, a tape of Chromags at City Gardens where John has like the fresh um, chest tattoos. Like they're still oh. covered up in bandages. Mm. And he's doing flips off the uh, the monitors. And it's a high stage at City Gardens. We actually got to play there eventually. And um, and then I remember getting like a circus magazine or Metal Maniacs or whatever and, and seeing a picture of the tattoos, like without the bandages on his yeah. chest. And then I went and I got whatever um, records. And then you could buy like the bootleg tapes. Yeah. you know, and, and trade the VH, v, uh, VHS tapes. And I just, I always thought he had a great energy, but it's different because it's, it's different beats. It's different. Like he has a different rhythm than I do, but I was, yeah. but mm -hmm. I, I also thought there was times where he, I could feel like he was looking directly at like certain people in the crowd. And I thought, okay, he, he's good at like connecting with people. There's other times where you, you know, front man was just kind of like talking outwardly to the crowd. Mm -hmm. There's a famous, uh, there's a famous tape of Freddie, uh, from Madball going like, don't you punch me in the dick motherfucker. I'll punch you in the, or whatever. And he was, he would go right to the front and command the people and look people dead in the eye. And cause that's how it was. Like a lot of times when you go to towns and you're playing and you're playing this heavy, hard music, you have people that want to test you, you have people that want to mm. size you up. Um, and so I think him, Roger too, like Roger, when he had the long hair and he was going nuts, very sick, so hard. Sick. And, but he, he didn't so much as like engage with people in the crowd as Freddie did. I think Freddie kind of took that to a better, uh, like a, um, he's really engaging and just, you know, just hard, just a menacing, um, but still like you wanted to be his friend, mm -hmm. like hard, but you knew. Like, oh, I got to go that's talk a, to this dude after guy. the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you like, and especially like with John, I think because of that, I could never be that athletic. Like I remember trying to dive off the monitor and I just fell like flat on my face. Like the crowd <laughs> didn't even catch me. 
So I was like, all right, I'm not going to do any John Joseph's, um, you know, city gardens moves, yeah. but those three, um, it's a good three. I mean, I love that singer in the biggest hardcore band ever references the other biggest hardcore bands to, to <laughs> like influential I mean, hardcore. Like, uh, well, how, how, what's the percentage of, of hate breed fans that have never heard another hardcore band, you know? Well, also, if you think about the front men that I really like in metal, that a lot of them play instruments. So it's a different way of connecting. Yeah. Maybe they'll yeah, move yeah, from the mic stand and connect. Like, but if you've ever seen them without a guitar, like if you've ever seen Tom Araya without a bass, it's kind of like funny. It's if weird. you ever see Rob yeah. Flynn, Rob can do it because he's a he's a dude. They but, don't know what to do. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, know what to do. but Rob is wow. great. That's great. I always I always thought Rob was great with the lead-ins to the moshes and really commanding the crowd, especially if you watch. And Biohazard, too, if you watch Dynamo. But Madball played Dynamo. That's a great video to watch because they're, you're, that, you're really seeing the genesis of the, of the crowd involvement That's when you know, they on that type the, of level. The Crucified cover, and Freddie's really pissed, and he says, <laughs> come see me after the fucking show. <laughs> and it's very like, oh. That was a great, those are great, three great picks. Um, um, Max is great. Max sure is great because he you could see him like channeling like and just just vibing. It's different when you're again like when you're playing the guitar. But Bert, Burton from Fear Factory was always good. Max has one of my favorite mosh calls of all time. Un dos tres quat. Yeah, I mean that's incredible. But yeah, there, it's from the a live. It's like a deluxe. I don't know if it's from Roots or something, but there's a live recording, and he says Sao Paulo, show the world. Wow. That's the mosh call. That's hard. New, New Haven shows the, the world. world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Connecticut shows the world all the time, right, Jamie? Pizza. You uh, want to have pizza beef before we go? You want to? We could talk about yeah. What's uh? What's your uh? Are you Sally's, Sally's or Frank Sally's all the way. My uncle Mike That's made a, the I'm, sauce. My uncle Mike's worked there for 45 years. I'm with oh, you, man. Shit. When I said Sally's, Jay was like, "Wow, bit of a contrarian." I and I was like, "Am I?" Hmm. I don't you think I am. Up. I think you know. I think up. Sal is is number one. Let me let me one thing. One last thing. <laughs> I'm sorry to keep you. I think three hardest pits all time. Crowbar to carry the load. Suffocation thrones of blood. Hatebreed doomsayer. Give me your wow. top three. I'm gonna go suffocation liege of inveracity. <laughs> Great pick. I'm gonna go. Sepultura, dead embryonic cells. Actually, if you name a better three piece out of the gate, then arise, dead embryonic cells, and fucking desperate cry. I, desperate I, cries. Desperate cry is an ass beater. I just had Mickey D on on my show, and Mickey D calls them smokers. Desperate Cry is a smoker. I mean, you want it's to talk a about a... I love a two-word chorus or a two-word mm, yeah. shout. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but Disciple, God Hates Us All. Dude, I mean... So that came up on the on the bad good. the bad record. quote Heavy quote, bad, because I don't yeah. think it's bad. That Diabolus came up in that. is the one. And I don't love either one, but, but Disciple is the one Disciple, where you're like, there's nothing you can say. It's perfect. Dude, Disciple has a hate breakdown. It does. 
Like, yeah, in no, my, and, and objectively hearing it as an outsider, I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, people were going crazy with that when it first came out. New Faith, okay. they said, sounded like Before Dishonor or something. I think okay. it's New Faith, one of them. Um, where he's like, holy man, up in the... And they were like, yo, Slayer owes you a sandwich. I mean, that owes you a sandwich has been around for, yeah, forever. So you're saying that Disciple is number three pit part of all time? I mean, I saw people... That that whole tour, like, it got... That really brought back the heat. Like, they brought back the mosh on that. Um, but this, you gotta remove yourself from what you've seen. What is Jamie Joss a fan of spin kick music? That you're saying you're you're gonna go on record on hard lore to the to the world. Disciple number three. Disciple intro. Oh, right? dude. I mean, no, I mean you could go, you could go anything off of the fucking first biohazard. You could go hold my own. You could go, you could go anything off of set it off, or you could go anything off of hold it down. Hold I mean, it down first, first three on hold it down is ass beater delight. What have I yeah. been saying? Yeah. I mean, you can't could stop, move can't stop, stop, stop is the best hardcore song, best yeah. modern hardcore song. It's perfect. I think that might've been my number one on the hardest hardcore countdown and top 50 or whatever. That might've been my number one. It's Was it the, really? It's how yeah. do you feel about this is a, I'm, I'm going to ask you a Connecticut question on the way out here. I think dead at birth is the best hardcore song of the, of the two thousands. See, 2000 to 2010. That's a good one. See, I, you know what? I'm too close to it because I was like, to me, when I put out Last Days, I thought this is going to be the biggest band. Like, I really thought, like, this is going to be the one. And then I had people like, when, once you realize there's a whole world outside of the, like, the, and the Connecticut. And it was, I've, I also realized this when we did another voice with Agnostic Front, like, when I got a, them on headbangers ball like you realize there's this there's millions of people who they do not feel the same way <laughs> and they no. will go out of their way to tell you this i remember the myspace the myspace but with death threat people said like he sounded british i never understood that i'm like you know what's crazy is I'm somebody lately that I know was like, yo, is that the band with the guy that sounds Jamaican? And I was like, what the fuck are you, are you talking about? But to and me, okay, if he sounded British, like we love the business, like we love, the, there's like, the like tons of, yeah. like, yeah. I always thought Death Threat should have been the biggest band. You know, Aaron's like a heartthrob. Like I thought like, oh, this is going to be the band that's like going to be the bridge between H2O and Hatebreed, like somehow you find uh, the middle ground. It's youth of today and Hatebreed combined. Uh, or, into yeah, this you know perfect, what I mean? Yeah. I'm with you, man. Jamie, I, does, I love hearing you say that. Who does the backup vocals on Before Dishonor? In, on That's Matt. That's Maddie Matt. Okay. Shout That's out to Maddie Matt. Hard to find on the internet some of these little details, you know? Wow. This is uh this was a, a masterful episode of Hard Lord, Jamie. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank so, you so much for having me, guys. And Kidding um me. and I hope you you know, I'll put in the word with D. You gotta get OGD. He's original we're PMA. Getting, getting he had a PMA book. We've got it in. His his daughter is a friend of the show. Um, Shy. Shout so out to she's, Shy. She's very legitimate. He would tell me, like he he would he would hit me up, he'd be like, Do you know death before dishonor? His favorite band. Yeah. yeah and he that's goes, right. that's my favorite band. We got it. Yeah. Unreal. We got it. Can't See, wait it's to fine. The audience yeah, will yeah. be found. It, like you just, <laughs> you put it out there and it's going to, someone is 
going to hear it and it's going to be there. For, and they could tell people and whatever. Like he told me Ignite Darkest Days is one of the greatest records of all time. And I'm like, you know what? You might be right. And I went back and revisited the record. I'm like, this is a fucking unbelievable Dude, record. Bleeding is a perfect song. It's a hit. It's a <laughs> smash up. hit. It's smash a, a hit, hit is a hit. It's a hit. Science. It's science. Jamie. Ramones, Ramones Pet Cemetery. Oh, dude. Masterpiece. All, all of dude. Brain Drain is actually fucking Brain, awesome. But I, I believe went, in miracles. I went to New York City. I went to EMI. I, w I had all the meetings. And I and I went to Toad's place and I saw Ramones in a van outside. And I go, How is this possible that <sighs> Ramones is in a van? And when I got to a meeting, I said they said, So what do you think? Like, what and I go, we want to be like the Ramones of fucking heavy music, like just like just solid, like you just got hits, but you're not, you know, you're not yeah. like the biggest band in the world, but you, you know, every, your shirts are everywhere. And, and he goes, the Ramones, this guy literally looked at me in the meeting. I won't say what his name was, but he looked at me in the meeting. He goes, they didn't even sound scan 20,000 records at that time. They hadn't yeah. sound scanned 20,000 records yet on, on brain drain. I think maybe even after like 30 years, I think maybe it's at like 30,000 or 35,000 sound scans. Someone should check that. It's their best record. That is a crime. It's a crime. And so, you know, when Satisfaction got to like 250,000 records, and now it's way past that, but at that time on SoundScan, re-entering the Billboard charts, yeah, that's when the weight of it hit me. Like, you know, you sold you sold like almost 100 Ten times. Ten times, brain Whatever, <laughs> like yeah. the fucking, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 10 times. I'm over, see, I'm in, I'm Brian Williams in the shot. You did great. Don't worry. You've, I'll, but, I'll, we'll do the math for you. We're, we're, but that's why. Good. But now everyone will find, hopefully people will continue to find brain drain and they'll Dude. realize the weight and the heaviness and of, I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery because I don't want to live again. I don't want to live my life again. I mean, how sad oh, is that? It's amazing. It's, it's a crusher, but it's a hit. It's a hit, great movie, great song. Great, great movie, great, great song. Great episode of Hard Lore. Go listen to Monstrance Clock. You like Ghost? Yeah. You like Monstrance Clock? The world is on fire. Is it that one? No, it's the sound of the Monstrance Clock. clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, click, 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 that's an earworm click. that I'm not kidding you. That fucked me up for like nine months. I had to go see a professional. <laughs> Come you together. Were just, oh yeah, together, together as, one. as one. And then it. For Lucifer's son. I went to take a nap at Bloodstock. I woke up during the nap, and I could hear that through the wall of the bus. And I went out into the crowd, into Gen Pop, to watch it. First, I went on stage, and I was like, "Wait." Is there no amps going? Like, what's going yeah. on? Like, yeah, then yeah, I went yeah. out to the crowd and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's just all through the PA. But I was like, whoa. Yeah. And that shit, that's like a pet cemetery for me. That Dude, blew your mind. When I think that of pet one. cemetery, that's a brain, that's a brain worm for me. That's a brain yeah. in my goddamn head. Dude, There's I played that on the recently. bus over and over. I got a brain worm right now. It's a TikTok of the uh <laughs> the gray, the millennial gray bathroom in the Mexican restaurant. You seen that one? <laughs> yeah. That that one is. I'll send it to you, Jamie. I don't lie. Is it going to ruin my life for nine months? <laughs> to keep it, away it might because you're going to be like, this is so stupid. And then an hour later, you're going to be like, there's uh, a millennial gray bathroom in the Mexican <laughs> restaurant. Shit. It'll get you, man. You're fucked. There's a millennial gray looking restroom inside a Mexican restaurant. But thank you. This is, uh, I mean, I could go another hour easily, yeah. but we, uh, well, yeah, thank you, you guys. 
Uh, Milwaukee so Metal Fest, May 26th to 27th, 28th. And Josh for all, hopefully be out at the end of May. Go to martyrstore.net, get the corpse grinder, check out the Ripper. And yeah, that's it. And then hopefully we'll see everybody next year on the Hatebreed 30th anniversary tour. Unbelievable. Thank you so much, Jamie. 30 fucking years of the best hardcore band ever. And I'm not going to um, load up on fucking hot sauce and, and bullshit beforehand. I'm going to get, I'm going to really hit it hard. So, you know, I think you should do whatever you need to do, man. <laughs> I'm not going to load up on pizza before that one. I got to really tape. I'll it meet off, you at Sally's before the tour. We'll, we'll get we'll one get in. I just really went there good. with Ricky Rackman a few months back and it was nice. It's amazing. Shout out to Ricky Rackman. Yeah. A couple of presenting legends. Yeah. You know, get get him on there. Get he's Love Ricky's get Ricky's down for the core, dude. He's got you some guys hard paved the way for for this. Like Straight you up. got the pods to, to, to set up, but like Headbangers Ball, man. That's like that's what we're we're all doing. Headbangers Ball, yeah. you know. Yeah, dude, you you got to get him on the show. He's That'd he'd be, be great. Let's get him. Let's get it. Let's get into the future. Let's right. hatebreed hey, thirty years, <laughs> Jamie Josta. That Thank was, you guys. Oh horrible. yeah, Furnace Fest. I gotta plug that, right? OG said at Furnace Fest. I there was other stuff I was supposed to plug. I'm forgetting. Is that is that what you're doing? What are you doing at Furnace Fest? Yeah, we're doing Furnace Fest. Um, there was another one I forget. I was we'll be there. To... Oh, uh Incarceration. The tat the tat show? That's in Ohio, July. Cleveland, so that's another Ohio. one we can Cleveland? announce. All right. Huge. Get Check out everything Jamie's got going up. Martyr store. Still net. We got Jamie on hard lore. We I can, we gotta bring we gotta do this yeah, once yeah, a month. We, I think. we didn't even talk about Headbangers Ball or nothing. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there on part yeah. two. Jamie, thank you so much. This was perfect. Anytime. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. We will talk to you soon. Thank you all so much for watching. Bye. Take care, fellas. <laughs>